Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to Hunting Seasons, the podcast that dares to binge watch, deep dive and break down a season of television each and every week. I'm Broderick Gordis. I'm Damask Leary. And today we'll be discussing season four of The Wire. Damask, how does it feel to finally have footy back again? Oh, I'm so excited. You know, every weekend I'm like, where's the footy? And now it's back, so I'm living my truth. I, uh... Did you buy that? No. And I kind of think one day I'm going to give you something to actually be excited about. I keep giving you things that you (laughs) could not care less about. One day I'll bring up something you you actually do love. RuPaul's Drag Race is my sport. I don't need to That's your sport. Can you do like, you know, tipping on RuPaul's Drag Race, drafting? Yeah, you can. I can imagine there would be something for that. Um, I'm happy it's back. I'm like, it's like we had to put this off a week. Sorry, everybody. There was no episode last week. Um, but I'm glad we did because I didn't have a voice when we were meant to record. I mean, I'm I don't apologize because it was my birthday. Yes, it was. Happy birthday. Thank you. How old are you turning? Are we allowed to stay on the podcast? Or? 22. 22. <laughs> Congratulations. No, I'm 29. Mm. I'm on the cusp of 30, baby. Getting there. Mm. I'm even more on the cusp of 30. <laughs> you on really the, are. Right on the raggedy edge. Oh, we got a month left? Uh, two weeks. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, yeah, feeling it, feeling it. Wondering, you know, when we buy that sports car. This is midlife, isn't it? Thirty. I mean, enough. depends how you're living, I guess. <laughs> All right, let's get straight into it. Some off-topic, hot topic. Off-topic, hot topic. Uh, that's whatever you were talking about for you. Okay, we've got uh, as much as we want to do on off-topic, hot topic today. I'm going to give you some headlines, and I'm going to leave it to mm. you to say yes, I want more, or no, let's leave this one alone. Don't worry about it. I'm not okay. interested. All right. First of all, uh, no Brian Fuller news this week, sadly. We'll keep looking. We'll count- follow on closely. <laughs> uh, the first headline, uh, this is a follow-up from last week, actually, or the last episode. The Crown producers apologise for wage gap scandal, won't say if Claire Foy will get back pay. Reparations! Um, she should get back pay. She should potentially get back pay. I think it's a good idea. I, um, I mean, back pay is going to be good for them from a... from a. I mean, it shows good faith. That in the future they won't be such dickheads. I'm not sure if we talked about last time. There was talk, uh, I think it was a petition that went out to try and get Matt Smith to donate whatever wage he was making above Claire Foy to like some women's, I don't know, some women's charity, basically. I mean, it's not his fault. No, you, you wouldn't think so. It's got more to do with the producers not, or the, you know, the people it's behind the show. It's not as though he didn't earn it. It's yeah. just that she also earned that amount. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, should I go through some of the, the highlights of this? Yes, please. Okay, all we've yes. got here. 
Uh, this is their apology. We want to apologize to, to apologize to both Claire Foy and to Matt Smith, brilliant actors and friends who have found themselves at the centre of a media storm this week through no fault of their own. Claire and Matt are incredibly gifted actors who, along with their wider cast on The Crown, have worked tirelessly to bring our characters to life with compassion and integrity. As the producers of The Crown, we at Left Bank Pictures are responsible for the budgets and salaries. The actors are not aware of who gets what and cannot be held personally responsible for the pay of their colleagues. So that's less of an apology to me. And apology, certainly it's not an apology for um, the wage gap and the actual wage gap. They're, no, they're apologising for the scandal. And they're just saying don't blame Matt Smith. Yeah, and they're apologising to those actors for having to be at the middle of all this. But, but says the, yeah, nothing about they, the actual pay dispute. Yeah, they apologise for putting them in the middle of a media storm, but they don't actually apologise to her for not no, paying her appropriately. Because they're fucked. Mm, mm. Uh, anything else to think about that? There's nothing really else to tell. That no, was the I only think little that's update. Enough, okay. enough of that nonsense. Next headline: Amazon's Lord of the Rings prequel might be the most expensive TV show ever made. Well, I hope the money's worth it and that it's not shit. <laughs> that's my opinion on that one. Did you? Uh, would you want to hear anything? Any details from this article? No, I think that says it all. Cool. Really? Excellent. <laughs> all right. Martin Freeman says Sherlock fans loved the show to death. Oh, I did read that actually. Did you? Yeah. Should yeah. we go over this one? Did you find sure. this one interesting? Okay. Yeah. Freeman says that fan expectations are so high for anything Sherlock related that it's not fun anymore. Excuse me. Oh, we just vomited. <laughs> a little bit. The reception of the show's fourth season in particular seemed disappointing to Freeman, who says it was a it was kind of impossible to live up to what everyone wanted to see. He couldn't enjoy the experience after a while, saying it became less fun with the general when the general attitude among fans was you better be you better you better fucking do this, otherwise you're a C, C Star Word Star Star Star. C asterisk asterisk. Um I'm could be a lot of things. Probably it's either cock or cunt, let's be honest. Wow, you just <laughs> fully said it, right? This is explicit. <laughs> I just want to know which one it was. Which one did Martin Freeman say? I like to think it was the Cunt one. You think so? You said that in an interview? It I mean, probably I was, would. actually. It probably was. Martin Freeman's probably loose enough with that, I yeah. reckon. Uh, there was a chunk of people who just knew it was going to end with us getting together, the actor told The Telegraph, referring to some fans' desire for Watson and Holmes to become a couple at the end of Sherlock Series 4. Me and Ben, we've literally never, never played a moment like lovers. We ain't fucking lovers, is what he wrote. That's what they all say. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, people thought the same thing about... Other characters in TV shows I'm not going to spoil, actually. And I think about it. Yeah. Yeah. And also, like, so much of... As, as queer viewers, we have to live in subtext all of the time to mm-hmm. find our stories. So I don't begrudge fans for, like, seeing that or wanting that. Like, whatever. Absolutely. It doesn't affect his performance. doesn't affect the story that they are telling. No, but it's certainly... I can see if people are getting upset that that doesn't happen and that's ruining the show for them, well, that's... that's that's difficult. Well, that's their own issue and yeah. he doesn't need to take that on. What did you think of Sherlock as a, as a show? I've only seen the first season. Oh, you've only seen the first yeah. season? Wow. What did you think of the first season? Do you remember? I really liked it, but I saw it with an ex-girlfriend of mine mm. and then like I finished it with her and then like a week later she broke up with me. So I like had, I don't know, PTSD or something so from it. So I've never, I'm, I mean, I'm sure I could now. It was like six years ago. <laughs> I'd recommend watching season two and even season three actually, I think about. There's a good episode in season three. Season four... Mm. I was a big fan of the show, and I watched the first episode, and I haven't gone back for the others, oh which my is God. really odd for me. Scathing not- review. No, it's just, it was just, yeah, it was a bit flat. He hates it. Yeah. I can see it in his eyes. Yeah, he just wanted them to be together, and they weren't. <laughs> uh, John Krasinski thinks The Office should come back for a Christmas special. No. No? <laughs> no. We don't want to hear any more about that? 
I mean, no, because the it's gonna the opinion is wrong. It it shouldn't come it back. Shouldn't come back. It ended perfectly. Well, he actually says this. He says that nobody really thinks that the story needs to continue on, but says if it had to, because apparently NBC and every studio at the <sighs> moment is trying to do like do revivals of yeah. old shows. He said if it was going to the best method like would be to do what like Chris, the yeah, one off okay. special like the UK office did one. Yeah, okay. He's like yeah. it'd be fun to check in and see where people are at, but just don't you just don't want it to get in the way of ruining the ending. Yeah. Or don't yeah. Want to ruin the ending. Yeah, but then like even knowing where they're at kind of like it can ruin the ending depending on how you felt about the ending. I agree. You can look at something like mm. Parks and Rec's last season and go it was a bit of a victory lap. It was kind of like oh, I just kind of didn't need that though. It was just indulgent. I don't know and- if it was a victory lap. But it was just every, uh, it, d- it didn't progress the story. It went ahead a couple of years. It was kind of just an extended version of where are they now? And then, mm. especially that last episode. The last episode is very much like that. Yeah, is a lot of where where they end up. I was so sad with that last season. What it, well, it was? It had some good episodes. Just wasn't great. It yeah, just, I, I mean, my, it had nothing left to do. Well, that's the thing, and I I think the problem, my opinion of the last season is that. So much of the charm and love I had for Parks and Rec was watching characters who were continuously, like, beaten down. Mm. But they, like, because they were so good-hearted and they cared about each other, they kept getting up. Mm -hmm. Whereas the last season was like, we've won! Yeah, pretty much. And there's there's no real story to tell in That's a victory lap, right? They've they've succeeded. And then they just get to sort of indulge in that, everybody being successful and getting what they want. And it's sort of doesn't have any story to tell because there's less of a yeah. a challenge there for anyone. It's a shame. Um, that's it for news, really. I do have a couple of things that I've watched Ooh, as well. I got to see Annihilation. Oh. Um, do you know about Annihilation? <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah. Uh, very, been mean to watch it. Be mean to watch it. So, for those who don't know, this was a, a movie that was sci-fi thriller, I'd say. Uh, was in a very limited release in the United States. And then, controversially, um, has been pushed pretty much straight to Netflix, following on from the Cloverfield Paradox and a couple... I think uh, Mute was another one. There's a few sci-fi films at the moment that's getting like shoved straight onto Netflix rather mm. than getting a theatrical run. Um, uh, it's based on the book by Jeff Vandermeer, uh, and directed and written by Alex Garland, whose previous film was Ex Machina. Did you see that? I loved that. I loved yeah. it so much. Ex Machina was a film I was really enjoying at the time. I came out of it and people were raving about it. And I liked it a lot, but I didn't outright love it. But then the longer I went, mm. I went past it and the more I thought about it, the more I did love it. Yeah. And I've come to really, really appreciate that movie and what it was doing. It was really great. Mm. And so... So many good performances in that movie too. Um, Annihilation is a pretty different beast. It's still very much a sci-fi, which is cool. Um, And it's basically about this thing, this event, an asteroid or something from outside of Earth that hits Earth and creates this um, phenomena called the Shimmer. And it's gradual. This is only spoiling the first few, I don't know. 10, 15 minutes of the movie, really, is expanding outwards gradually. Right. And theoretically, what they've, they've scientists and the military have tried to figure out what it is, and they've sent people in and no one's come out. Um, and then some things change. And All right, let's stop it. Yeah, I don't want to get too yeah. involved in what happens to the characters, but um, this thing is going to eventually expand and encompass the Earth and theoretically wipe out, theoretically wipe out life on planet Earth. And so Natalie Portman's character, for reasons that I'm not going to get into, ends up going in with a team of other female scientists, which is cool, um, into the Shimmer to figure out what's going on. Um, and that's sort of the premise of the movie. And to say anything else would just be to explore the experience mm-hmm. about what's going on. But I liked it a lot. 
I yeah. thought it definitely would have been served because visually it's quite striking. And it would have been served really well to have been actually be able to see it at cinemas. It's a yeah, shame right. it wasn't. Um, but I can also kind of see... I, I, like, it's a real shame the studio decided to do this. I can kind of see why they went to the safe path, just got a paycheck from Netflix and shoved it on there. Mm. Now, it's the wrong decision, but I understand the reasoning because it is very weird and he- heady. And I personally, for a lot of people, a lot of the reaction I've seen from Annihilation... More so than Ex Machina, you think? Um, no, not more so than Ex Machina. No, not more so than Ex Machina. Differently. And in fact, in my eyes, I've seen a lot of people talk about how they couldn't stop thinking about this movie, which is how I felt about Ex Machina, mm. but not how I felt about Annihilation, weirdly enough. I, I watched it and thought it had some interesting ideas and certainly not everything's explained for you, but I didn't come around the other side of it going, ah, oh, what does this mean? What does that mean? Or what was this about? Or what was happening now? I think as strange as it is, and especially by the ending, it's very, very strange and psychedelic and weird at times. Um, I didn't. It didn't really grab me intellectually that much. Right. Um, is that because the cast was pretty much all women and they're all dumb? No, it's exactly because, that's, as we've said countless times, you hate women. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I don't know what it was. It was just. It was a really interesting and visually stunning film to to look at, and there were great performances. And that's not the problem at all. Although, well, there was a performance early on that had gave me the shits, to be honest. But I, again, I don't want to go into it too much. It got a bit better as it went on. Um, but yeah, it was. I, I was happy with it. Happy I saw it. Um, it's not a classic, I don't think. Yeah. I still think Vandermeer. Oh, not sorry, Vandermeer. Um, Alex Garland is a great director. I look forward to see whatever he's doing next mm-hmm. in a big way. But I don't think this reached the heights of X Machina personally. Right. Um, but I would highly recommend anyone who's interested in sci-fi, check it out. Maybe your mileage may vary. Vary. Right. You might like it more than I did. So, three out of five, but only because you wanted more uh, even, boobs. Even three, more and boobs? A, even three and a half, there was just enough boob. Yeah. It wasn't the boob I needed. Right. <laughs> you just wanted full frontal badge. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I like to just bring the level of this podcast down as often as I can. Yeah, great. It's, it's what I bring. Quite what big I bring goal to of yours. <laughs> um, the other film I got to see finally was one that I had a lot of people telling me to watch as well. It's been out mm. since the end of 2016, I think. Um, Your Name or Kimi no, no Noa. It's, a Jap- it's an anime film. Oh, okay. Have you heard of Your Name? No, I haven't. A lot of people were suggesting it should have been nominated for Best Animated Film at Ooh, the Oscars. Okay. I don't think it, it might have been for 2016, actually. I think about it. I'm not sure what happened with it. But it's beloved. People who have seen it love it. Friends of mine who have seen it talk about how they cried at the end of it. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. Anime, uh, I can find kid or miss in a lot of ways. Mm, Japanese absolutely. storytelling can sometimes leave me wanting a little bit. They have a lot of really cool ideas and visual um, flair to them, definitely. And those things can take me in. Sometimes I, they're so obtuse and strange that I really love them. Things like... Evangelion, Neon Genesis Evangelion, who might be a fan of that. Or sometimes mm. the style is just so cool and the characters are great, like um, Cowboy Bebop, that I love it. Um, but then sometimes things leave me, yeah, just feeling like narratively they didn't they didn't stick the landing particularly. Yep. This one doesn't have that problem. I think narratively it's very, very cool. I don't think it's quite as emotionally gut-wrenching as people have led me to believe. I didn't, I wasn't reaching for the tissues at the end of it, certainly. I thought it was very sweet. I always find if people tell you that, 
yeah. first. That it's always ruins so it. hard to get there. Because remember people would tell me about, um, was it Grave of the Fireflies? Yeah. They'd be like, it will destroy you. Well, and see, because Grave pe- of the Fireflies did destroy me. See, and I'm sure it would have destroyed me as well if people hadn't kept telling me how destroyed I was going to be. Yeah. And then I was just kind of like, oh. I mean, I felt... I think what I was meant to feel. Yeah. But I, like, I will cry at anything. Like, I love crying in a movie. But for, yeah, I think the expectation just got to me in that film. Actually, just an example of, like, uh, anime that sort of hit or miss for me. I love Studio Ghibli stuff quite a lot. I love How's Moving Castle in particular. Spirit Away is really good. Um, Porco Rosso. Like, I enjoy a lot of them. But I also think, apart from the animation, sometimes those films aren't great narratively. And, Mm. again, leave me going, like, very interesting world kind of didn't say anything or didn't get anywhere thematically or Mm -hmm. arc-wise that made me go, even Howl's, which I love, sometimes I look at that and go, I'm not really sure what that film was about. (laughs) Um, Cool ideas, but but not much beyond it. But anyway, Your Name is an exception to that. It's actually got a really interesting, and I'll give the basic premise. It does try to hide this, but the good thing is that it goes in a place with this that you wouldn't expect. And it's a pretty standard Freaky Fridays type idea. Oh, love it. So, but in this case, it's a teenage boy living in Tokyo and mm-hmm. a teenage girl living in sort of regional Japan. Right. And she makes a wish that she wants to be a handsome boy living in Tokyo. Right, and then they sort of having they think they're dreams at first, but they turns they realise that, and very early on in the movie they realise they're actually swapping. So are you spoiling stuff? No, here? I okay. don't. I don't believe I am because this is the basic premise of the movie. Right? Okay, is that they are certain days they'll just wake up and be in each other's bodies. Right. Um, and then the the what's great is narratively because that could just be the whole movie. Right? Mm-hmm. Is just them switching bodies and being stuck in those bodies or whatever. It doesn't do I mean, that. Hollywood makes that movie every three to five years right. which I love yeah and it's actually a really good concept it actually yeah. works quite well quite mm-hmm. often or even like you know getting stuck in an older person's body and big or getting stuck yeah. in a younger person's body again in mm. uh, is that a thing? did that happen? I'm trying to think yeah I feel like that's Old happened too where young. you've gone from like I think there was a TV show about that where he went back in time when he was a teenager or something like that anyway Ooh. doesn't matter the the point was that it takes a really cool twist or turn in the middle which makes it a very different movie from your Freaky Fridays and stuff like that. Yeah. And visually very cool, narratively really interesting. It's actually got a good sense of tension. And mm. um, yeah, it does pull you along by the heartstrings. The ending that everyone cries over, though, left me wanting, mainly because what it's trying to convince me is is happening at the end. I don't believe based of what the movie's given me. Oh, okay. And it's... It actually thought it was going in a very specific direction, just based on a couple of things, a couple of themes that they're touching on, Mm -hmm. things that people want, things that people are doing. Made me think it had another story to tell that it never, that it just, if it did, it abandons it and doesn't get there. And I was like, oh, there was a really awesome potential. I thought that was the thing I was meant to get invested in. Apparently it wasn't. And it was this other thing that's like, that doesn't, that's hollow. So you don't think it was purposeful? Subversion, I don't. You think it was a dropped ball? And it's it's not. It's subtle. That's why I thought it was going to be the thing that was going to end up going somewhere because okay. it could be very interesting. This mm. idea that's there, and it's. I want you to watch it so I can talk to you about what that okay. means. Because um, I highly recommend it. Actually, the, it's definitely worth watching the movie. Where can I get it? Uh, it's on Blu-ray. I think oh. is the best way to watch it at the moment. I can lend you Joel's copy. Joel from Dialogue <laughs> Options Podcast. Send it to me. I mean, don't I'm sure ask he'll him. be fine. Just give it to me. Joel, is it all right if Damask borrows Grave the Fireflies? Too late. I've taken it and I've scratched it. <laughs> uh, not Grave the Fireflies. Uh, your name. Anyway, yeah, I, w- I wouldn't. I want you to see if you noticed what I noticed. Okay. Because I thought it was there was something going on here that was going to be really interesting, and then it. It ends up ending on a note that's emotional, but not as cool as it could have been. I was like, oh, that's right. a shame. 
Okay. But overall, it was good. Everyone should check it out. I highly recommend it. Uh, what about you, Damask? What do you got for us? So, this is a couple of weeks ago now, but I watched the finale of RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh, yeah. All Stars. I still haven't started season yeah, three or Yeah, because you're sorry. a terrible friend. I get it. I, I know this. should started this week, actually. I had the, the week should've. off, basically. Oh, you would have loved it. Uh, anyway. Well... Well, 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 well. Now, I, I've only been spoiled on how this... Well, I know who won just mm. because Twitter was going crazy about yeah. it. I I was I was sitting at home watching it because my dear friend Joseph, who I usually watch it with, was off gallivanting with other gays. That's fine. I'm not jealous. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely not. <laughs> me? Jealous? Never. Um, oh, how could you? How dare you, sir? <laughs> So I was at home watching it by myself and I needed to vent so much that I made like this Insta story because I was like, I need to express myself about how I feel about what is taking place in this finale. Because I get it's just a reality show, whatever, it doesn't really matter. Mm. But this season has been so solid, so good. I've, you know, I've, I have genuinely really enjoyed it more than, you know, the maybe the three seasons preceding it. Mm. Like, it'd been a while since I'd had a season of RuPaul's that I really, like, sunk my teeth into. But what happens in this finale is, okay, so competitions have value because they are fair and the person who deserves to win wins, Theoretically. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's how we give competitions value. I certainly get annoyed when the umpiring is shit in football. You should see how vocal I get when that happens. Yeah, exactly. So... This is my reference point for everything competition. (laughs) So, when something no longer feels fair, then no matter who wins, whether I think that person should be the winner or not, because the competition no longer seems fair, then winning is devalued in my eyes. And that's what I felt like what had happened. Oh, wow. Okay. And I, yeah, it it was just, it was a bit shit. It made me angry. Can you allude at all to what went wrong unfairness-wise without saying who it was or anything like that, for those who don't know? Yes, I think there was an aspect of this season... That was like, okay, so if you're in the reality show, you're a participant, you're a contestant, yes, of course, you know that the show is going to be a great marketing tool for your career. Sure. However, if you are constantly commenting on the fact that you should win or you think someone else should win because they need marketing more than other people, that's not what the competition is about. It's not about who needs the marketing more. It's about who has being the best competitor throughout mm. the competition, that person wins. Not the person who, yeah, needs fucking marketing or promotion more. So who Ooh. who decides the winner? Is it the judges were potentially influenced by that that idea that this person should win because they'll get the most there value are, out of there winning? There are moments in the finale in which queens from throughout the seasons who had left come in uh, and decide the top two. Gotcha. Right. Mm. Which out of, you know, four queens go into the finale and they choose the top two. Yeah. Yeah. And if that's not fair, then it doesn't matter who the judges pick after that because then it's just like, well, they're not the people who should have been in the top two. Right. So the problem wasn't even just the the finalists, the last two, it's the top four was, oh, wow, okay. It was, yeah. It was really disappointing. It was really disappointing. Has there been much response to this from RuPaul's? Like, do other people feel this way about it, or I mean, I I know the fans do. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the fans certainly do. I think a lot of people like, oh, you know, it's a reality show. Like, calm down. And like, of course, that's true, and we recognize that. But 
it has such a passionate fan base and I think it has always been a, like such in high regard in the drag world to not only just I mean, to get into Drag Race is a big deal. Yep. To then be an all-star is a big deal. And to win all-stars is a big deal. Mm-hmm. And so to kind of, yeah, chip away, that was just kind of sad to see. Do you know the problem is as well when, if there's a feeling that that has been, uh, that the the rule or the judging is bad or so it's been influenced some way, that mm. title then starts to have less meaning. Yeah, Because totally. the people disagree with how the judging was performed, well, all of a sudden winning Drag Race or All-Stars, in this case, doesn't feel so prestigious. Yeah, exactly. And that's bad. Yes. Like, that's agreed. a terrible thing. Agreed. We can't have that being... Ha- yeah. Like, yeah, what's the point then? So I'm hoping it's just like a one-off. I certainly don't think they're going to take that kind of... Approach in the future. Approach, certainly not in general Drag Race. I doubt they'll do it again in All Stars, but yeah, hopefully they, not. They're going to have to win back some trust or some yeah, I think integrity. So. Yeah. Okay. Anything else you've been watching, Damask? Did you watch the um, Infinity trailer? I have watched the Infinity trailer. I squealed through the entire thing. Really? I'm so excited. So this is the final trailer, the one that came out <gasps> what, last week. Mm. Um, with like, a, I think it's only a month to go. We've yeah. bought tickets. Oh yeah. yeah, no, I know. That, that's how you know I've watched the trailer because I immediately asked, "Are we going to that's the?" Right. And I definitely screening. owe you money for those tickets. Oh yeah, <laughs> which I will pay you for. Thank you. I promise. Appreciate that. Um, but yeah, that's no. on record now, by the way. <laughs> Damn it. Um, yeah, I think I've watched it maybe three times now. Yeah. Like, so excited. What, what's and I've you always excited? said that Captain America can get it. Oh, yeah. Captain you love America that beard. with a beard yeah, yeah. can most certainly get it. Yeah, it is a bit ridiculous, Chris Evans with a beard. It's a little unfair. He was already so handsome. Oh. He has a beard and you're just like, fuck you, buddy. Gorgeous. It's not fair. So if, I you have... to, if you want to be turned off by him at the moment, he's doing a show on Broadway with Michael Sarah. Just watch what his current look is like. Why would I want to be turned off? I don't. It's just it's fascinating to see him with a dirty porn stash and uh, <sighs> like a weird like straight up head. It's so, it, actually he looks like porn stash. Like the oh, really? same look as porn stash from uh Yeah, no, that'll do it. That yeah, will turn me it'll right turn off. You right off. Um But no, the beard is working for him for so sure. So watching that trailer then inspired me to go back and rewatch a whole bunch of Marvel films. So I've rewatched Iron Man, which I don't think I've watched Oh golly it's ten in years like, old now. Yeah, maybe like I'm gonna say like seven years or something. Like it's wow. been a long time. And I rewatch the Marvel films all the time. So mm-hmm. I rewatched that. Rewatched both Captain Three, are there three Captain Americas now? Yeah. Yeah. All the Captain Americas. Um, I haven't rewatched really the Thors because I've watched them quite a lot because that's usually my hangover movie. Is the it, Thors are your hangover the Thors, movie? Yeah. Because there's no other time that I feel like watching them. Sure. Except when I'm hungover and so I take advantage of that. Um, that's a really interesting review. <laughs> Put that on the, on the DVD box. My hangover film. Mm. Watch it every time I've been drunk the night before. <laughs> you know, you're standing with like a, a big crazy burger in your bed. You're feeling disgusting, and you just watch. You know, that sounds like Chris comfort Hemsworth. food to me. That's really interesting that's that you would consider it, it comfort food. Yeah, that's kind of what it is. Because it's not. It doesn't challenge me. In sure. Any way. Yeah. 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 And it's just kind of like. It has, I guess, like a monotonous kind of thing to it. Like, oh, it's it's just it's not it's not have its peaks or its troughs. Yeah, it just it's sort just, of works on a and level. I'm not like, it's inoffensive. not like with Captain America where I'm so invested in the character that like I'm I really really care about what what's happening to him. Totally. Whereas Thor, like he's you know funny and he's got his stupid side characters and blah blah blah, blah whatever. And that's where those films sit in like in that in the list of the all the like the 19 movies is about to be 18 MCU mm. films that are out. The Thor ones for me are like they're. They're three. They're two and a half or three stars. They sit right there as yeah. being. There's nothing wrong with them necessarily. They're just not great. They're yep. just fine. And so I can totally see what you're saying. Mm. Now it's really interesting. Yeah. And so that then led me to. 
I was like, oh, I've always like I've read the like the lead up to the Civil War event, comic yep. event, um, and I think I've read the first like issue, the actual like Civil War issue number one because I've got them on my bookshelf. So I've read them. Wait, have, do you mean you read the Death of Captain America? No, 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 no. Oh, fucking spoilers. No, oh, sorry. Spoilers for a 15-year-old comic book event. But still, I want to get there by myself. Anyway, uh, Anyway, geez. that's just the title, by the way. It doesn't mean necessarily... I know, anything. I've seen it. Oh. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, by the way, at the end of King Kong, he dies. But that's not right? how Civil War starts. Scenes. I thought that was towards the start of Civil War. Was, no, oh. that's at the end. Oh, the, oh the, you're right. That's it is at the at end the of Civil War. the very end of it. About that. Yep. Well done, Broad. Sorry. Um, but I was like, oh, but it, you know, it costs so much money. Because I want to like read as much of it as I can and not just the Civil War 1, Civil War 2. I can give whatever. you that, that, that seri- the Captain America one I'm talking about, though. I can yeah. give you that. Yeah. Yeah. But what I did was I subscribed to Marvel Unlimited. Oh, right. This is a deep is, hole. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm deep in it. I read it. On the way to work, on the way back, before cool. bed. I think I've read 35 issues. Wow. Yeah. I've been smashing. I did this in like four days. Right. I'm, I'm deep in this addiction. So, And it's great. It's so good. It's like for Australians, I think it's like $13 a month. Mm. Does oh, it include up-to-date stuff, like stuff that's coming out yes. this month? Oh, so it's yes, it's yes, not yes. even waiting anymore. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Oh, that could be working really well for them. I'm, I'm that's, sure that's, that's right. That's what they've always needed. But it's so good. Because for a while, good. it was just like stuff that had been out for 12 months or more, yeah, or even right. longer. It felt well, like it was like bash issue stuff. I don't think stuff. so, though. Because if they're actually doing it like subscription, you get it mm. day and date as the comics, A, save on ink, and yeah. B, that's an amazing way to be doing this. Yeah. Do a subscription Netflix thing. The thing is, like, it's given me access to a world that I've always been like, how the fuck do I get into yeah. this? Because, like, where does it start? So, I think what I'm going to be doing is that I'm just going, because I obviously have different sections for it, I'm just going to be going to their events and just be reading, like, events that I want to Well, that's an interesting way of doing it. So, that's what I was going to ask. How do they, as someone who tried to get into comic mm. books for a while, there was near uh, sort of at the start of university where I started to read... Um, Fables, which I need to finish off as well. I've read Why the Last Man. Mm. I got into Runaways. I got in. I was. I got that Captain America, Death of Captain America, the the um, paper, not chop pack. Yeah, whatever it is, the book for that. Mm. And I got. I tried to get into a few of those things. I even tried to follow a few of them for a while. Are they called trades? Is Trade paperbacks. Called? Thank yeah. you very much. It's been a while, right? So I've been wanting to get back <laughs> into it. Yeah. But it can get very overwhelming very quickly because yeah. there are so many. There's multiple runs for different characters at the same yeah. time. And even the events, I tried to follow Secret War, I think, or Secret Invasion, sorry. Mm. Secret Invasion um, at the time. And I was watching like month by month, getting the next one of those. Mm-hmm. And there was like, I think there was like an X-Men thing going on and a Humans thing going on. There was like every well, that's different... what's amazing about it because I did the same thing for Civil War because I'd right. wanted to like really get as much of that as I possibly could. Mm-hmm. But I had no idea like I went on all these different sites and people were like, oh this is the order you should do it or this is the order and oh, it would so have cost the... like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars just to do that. So you found it through other resources. So other people set for you what you should read. That like this not, is not this the is, app. No no no. So this okay. is what I was doing before. Ah. And I was like, oh you know, and I had like this huge list on book depository of all the things I would have to oh, my buy. God, and yeah, I was just right. like, oh God, it's so expensive. And I was like I'm just going to go on Marvel Unlimited and it has like the complete event. And so it has the first one is an amazing Spider-Man issue. And it literally sequentially every single they put it together for you. That's very cool. That's why I'm like, now this is a way for me to get into comics. That's really cool. If I want to like, 
either I'm probably going to mostly do events. I think like big stories I think over you many different look series. Look at what other lines of comics are going on. I'm between also as excited well. that I can like start reading Star Wars comics. Are they all in there too? Yeah. Yeah, nice. So I'm very happy with this subscription. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, I think like are the the ultimate stuff would be on there, right? Like apparently, oh, Ultimate Spider Man's really a really good run. If like, it's a Marvel, then it will be all of Ultimate Spider Man, for instance. Or there's, there'd be a bunch of things you could be reading there. There's a good like the Brubaker. Uh, I think it's Brubaker who did. Um, like Daredevil reinvented him basically. Mm. There's apparently a really great run there. Certainly the Captain America stuff that I've weared yeah. with Winter Soldier and stuff is great. I'm gonna read some Captain Marvel stuff and before yeah, like cool. that comes out and things like there's that. There's Captain so. Marvel and then there's the new Ms. Marvel as well, yeah, which is apparently yeah. really cool. Yep. Squirrel Girl, I keep hearing, is great. They're turning that into a TV show, and apparently Squirrel Girl is fantastic. Oh, Squirrel Girl is in one of the issues of Civil War with Deadpool. Right there, you go. And he oh, makes the fun Deadpool of her. is there yeah, as well. Yeah. Deadpool and but Cable. I, thought, was I just fun thought she was a joke, but okay, cool. <laughs> well, I think she kind of is, but she yeah. kind of turned her into a really cool series. There was a, apparently there's a Vision arc like last year, or the year before, that's amazing where he tries to be human. Ooh, and it's supposed okay. to be like A grade level writing, fantastic stuff. Awesome. Okay. So you've got a lot of stuff there. To look I at do. that's cool. I do. I do. I do. Just before we move off the Marvel thing, mm. what has you excited about? What about that trailer got you excited about Infinity War? Seeing everybody come together like this has been was. What was it? Ten years of yeah, ten films. Years. This is what we've been working towards. Do you feel like that's worked? Like Marvel has um, done a really great job of making a lot of cool movies and certainly making that universe work. You know, all those different franchises and characters work together. But the big thing here is that we're finally getting mm. to Thanos, right? And the mm, Infinity Stones are becoming important, yes. and that's always been there. Do you feel like people, like the average moviegoer? who's been watching these films, gives a shit about Infinity Stones and Thanos, though. And I was looking forward to that event. Yeah, I think that's what they have literally been training us for. But do you think that's worked? That's the bit that I'm sometimes wondering so. whether it has or not. I think I Thanos think so. has shown up a couple of times, had a few little minor... I think if you like superhero films... You want this to it's be... It's because you're invested in the story. What about the fact that um, people are pretty down on the second Avengers film, that it wasn't great? They didn't love Age of Ultron. I mean, you think still that's made the average the viewer, though? You know, that's a good question. Maybe not. Maybe maybe that's not the point. Uh, maybe they, enough people, I mean, a lot of people still made a billion dollars. Like, it made so much money, it's ridiculous. And then Civil War was huge. Mm-hmm. Didn't make more money than Age of Ultron, but for a non-branded Avengers movie, mm-hmm. as in it, it had it so many Avengers, it was yeah, basically yeah. Avengers 2.5. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm really excited about Infinity War. Me too. I'm I am so, so invested in so many of those characters. I'm really happy that, like, I understand that Thanos is coming to Earth to get the Infinity Stones that are left, and I understand that there's going to be some world-ending element to this. But beyond that, I really don't know what's happening. I get and the, it's a two-parter, get, right? Well, this is the thing that's changed. I've got a feeling I know why. Ooh. But it's a bit is spoilery. Is it a theory that's going to spoil it for the rest Possibly, of Possibly, so I'm not going to say. Yeah, thank you. But I think it's because I believe... The reason they've stopped it, because there is another film coming out in a year or two. I think it's next year. Mm. But it's no longer called Infinity War Part 1 and Part 2. Right. I think the reason for that is that there's, if it was called Infinity War Part 1 and Part 2, you might not feel the full effect of what is likely to happen at the end of this film. Yeah, right. So, if you called Infinity, one part, if you called Infinity War Part 1, then you expect that this is only half of a film. Right. So, this way, when you get to the end of this movie and the thing I think is going to happen happens, you're going to go, holy fuck. I think I know. What I think you're most people about. who know yeah. the comics do. But if you don't, then. Yeah. But if you don't, yeah. then you don't have that expectation of part two. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah. you so are going to feel that. Act three that. feels, or really it's Marvel film, Act four feels like Act four. <laughs> Good point. And yes. then you're not going to be like, oh, there's still another four parts. I actually show, believe yeah. the Russo brothers are going to work up to that perfectly well. I, I have a lot of faith in them oh, to do me it. Too. me too. I'm, it's, I, there were some posters that came out, I think, in the last couple of days that are like, I think it's four posters mm. that sort of seem to show the groupings of like right, yeah. which characters are going to be interacting with which ones for the, mm-hmm. for the for a big bulk of the movie, probably. Um, and there's like, that means there's like four or five simultaneous stories theoretically happening, which seems like a lot. Yeah, it does. But if anyone can pull it off, it's the Russo brothers. Agreed. And if they want to make a three-hour film, I'm fine with that. I think it's I think it's definitely the longest Marvel film, but I think it's only around two and a half hours. Oh, that's all right. The other thing people were wondering, they, were, they weren't sure if um, the Infinity War could do the same numbers as... Black Panther, because Black Panther is now... I still haven't seen it. ...the highest grossing Marvel film in the USA. <gasps> Not worldwide, it's yeah. still 300 million behind oh, it internationally, but in the US, it has made more money than any Marvel film. Fancy that, make it and they will come. Mm, right. Mm. Um, and so questions were like, oh, well, that's going to be the biggest film of the year. Avengers 2 didn't do, obviously did less than this. Avengers 1 did better, but not mm. as good as Black Panther. So how can... This how can Avengers three beat Black Panther? Apparently, when tickets went on sale, it like broke Fandango. Basically, like ticket yeah. sales were so good, they were like, "Fuck, this is even worse than Star Wars." So, who knows? Who I'm so knows? I just hope it's good. Yeah, me too. If it's good, I'm really gonna be a really happy boy. Mm. Really happy boy. Uh, anything else? No, that's it for me. All right, let's start talking the Wire season four. Let me clue you in. Season in review. The Wire Season 4 introduces us to a post-Barksdale crew Baltimore where things are pretty much just as shitty. Things have changed a bit though with some notable new faces in the drug game, new jobs for our favourite Baltimore police and a new focus on the education system and the youth of this troubled city. Joining the cast are a bus full of impressive young actors including Jermaine Crawford, Maestro Harrell, Jolito McCallum and Tristan Wilds. Season th- 4 consists of 13 episodes, each coming in at around 56 minutes and took us approximately 12 hours and 25 minutes to watch. So, Damask, mm-hmm. what did you think, spoiler-free review, mm-hmm. of The Wire Season 4? I really liked it. I... Yeah, no, it was it was certainly very convincing. Convincing. <laughs> I really liked it. No, I no, I did. I absolutely did. I think it was a nice shift for the show to take in its fourth season. Mm-hmm. It wasn't quite as big a um, diversion. Is that the right? Yeah, diversion. Right? Sure. Diversion. As di- season, yeah, is that right? Yeah, let's go with that. As season two was yep. from um, what seems to be. Um, the core team, the core narrative. So it was different, but the same. I liked, I think this season had a heart that I think the other seasons probably didn't. Yeah. Which for me is good. I love feelings. I love feeling feelings and I felt a lot of them every episode. Yeah. And I think this season was probably the easiest for me to get through as in like so often when we've done this because we do have to watch it in a week that can feel really overwhelming sometimes with a show like The Wire because it is so slow Mm -hmm. but once I started this season I was in and I was consuming it a lot faster than I had previously. Do you think it helped at all that we just watched Jessica Jones and like the quality of storytelling is so far above what that's offering that you were just happy to be in a place that was 
No, I don't think so. So well done. No, I think it was the season. I don't yep. think I need to shit on Jessica Jones. <laughs> Any further? Um, as, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, you know, I, I did really like it. There were certainly elements that felt contrived in a way oh, yeah. that I hadn't. Ex- I don't think I'd experienced before sure. in previous seasons. Okay, that made me go, "Huh." Now they, I don't think they were incredibly detrimental to what the season was doing at all, but it just made me go, "Yeah, that's a little obvious. The path you're taking there. Okay, that's a little forced. The path. Um, and you know, it was great to figure out that you say. Carchetti, not Carchetti. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's actually like my first note, which yeah. is like Carchetti with a Car-ketti. K. Carchetti. Yeah. Hard Instantly, C. I was mm. like, I recognize that we stuffed that up. But anyway. Yeah. What, what are your thoughts? Um, I think this is my favorite season so far mm, yeah. of the show. And if I'm being really honest, it might be one of the best seasons of television I've ever watched in my life. Well, okay. Which is a very, very, very big call. <laughs> Huge call, which it is, but I, I was reflecting back we on watched the so much television, bro. I know, I know, and I was, and I just kept loving it the whole way through, mm. and kept being like, there, it's not perfect, with like definitely not perfect. There's a couple of weird beats in there, uh, some slightly errant storylines that I just wonder why they're here at all sometimes, mm-hmm. um, and the pacing can be a bit, just a tiny bit too slow in the middle. There's one episode was like okay. I felt the breaks come on a little bit. Mm-hmm. But overall, I've never felt I think it was the most even season of all the seasons that mm, we've watched. I would agree with that. I yeah. was the most emotionally invested. I was like I found almost every other season so far, that first three, four, five episodes, it feels like we're just sort of set up, set up, Sometimes set up. Even six, yeah. Even six episodes. It's not until the middle that it really starts taking off. And this one had a really good pace straight away. Mm-hmm. I think um, there's sort of a first half storyline, which is about an election that I think really helps to give it this drive at the start. That's really great. And that's not the only thing that's going on. There's lots going on. The new sort of focus on education pulled me right in real quick. Mm-hmm. And maybe kids are a little bit of like an easy thing for that. That's like, what I meant when I like feeling feelings. And the sure. fact that I've got kids, I'm like, I'm feeling all of them. Right. And that, but that is totally true. Mm-hmm. Um, so I agree with you that like season two, this is kind of an off season mm-hmm. um, where the core cast is broken up and they're not doing a whole lot. Um, but what this did differently is they didn't have awful characters. Mm. Like, there was no Ziggy, (laughs) just to put it straight up there. Um, But I think, like, a great thing that they did, although we don't have that core MCU family that we're used to, we have these four kids that become that um, stand-in for them. Definitely, definitely. And, you know, with a bigger heart, which is great. Yeah, and I also like that they, I think in season two, they tried to force some storylines with characters some of our main cast that weren't really there. There wasn't enough to go with there. Yeah. And this one, they what I loved is they just let... Basically, some characters almost had a complete season off. Mm-hmm. There's one character in particular who only towards the very end of the season even starts to become relevant at all. Mm. They just... He, they've kept out of the storyline. I was like, great. They didn't have anything to do this season, so why have them there at all? And, they, and the actor was like, I need a break. <laughs> is that right? Yeah. Oh, well... He, he was feeling quite a bit of fatigue. Is that right? Yeah. Well... For whatever reason, works, I mean, if right? that, if that wasn't it, work. Move, it worked great. Mm-hmm. It was a really, really good move yeah. to to do that mm-hmm. and rather than try and force something that wasn't there. And I really, really appreciate that. Um, the writing of the characters was strong as ever. Um, I just think it's had a real confidence going to this season. It's funny, 
like, again, season two frustrated me because it wasn't concentrating on the Barksdale crew stuff, which I thought mm. it needed to. Mm-hmm. That storyline, I don't think it's a spoiler to say, is done by the end of season three. Mm-hmm. And I was worried where it would go next. And I had a real confidence in what it was going to say next. And I think your, your favourite character, Bunny, has a lot to do with that. I think they realised <laughs> he's an incredible force or focus to put storylines around that and they smile. give him so much to do that's mm. really interesting again in this season. They run with what they found works so well in season three. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that focus on education is is fascinating and enlightening and um, the it adds, just again, adds another layer onto an already detailed and complex narrative which could be a problem to keep adding layers mm. but it all seems to, it all feels and I, every season has done this but it, yeah. it seriously just feels like it's it's I'm mm. finding out more I'm learning more I it's deeper not that's the thing that's the beauty of the wire is that that they don't keep piling stuff on top of it they no. just continuously build up from the foundation yes so we have a deeper understanding without feeling overwhelmed yeah which is fantastic I compared season one to Game of Thrones I think this season is even more so, is the best comparison I can give it is that it does what I think Game of Thrones does really well, mm-hmm. where it's got all these different storylines and all these different characters, some who just aren't there some episodes and come in when they're relevant, and some who have been a very specific role in the show, have given a new role, which is really fascinating mm. for them and helps them to grow. Um, and just it's the, the world of Baltimore, this huge community of several layers and systems, is fascinating to watch it run to watch it function to see what affects what and how what cha- one change here it gets to move something over here which affects the, it's it's such a fascinating machine to watch mm. and it uh, yeah it, it is watching a machine slowly the, it is game down. of thrones yeah but it's game of thrones before game of thrones came around and mm. the last thing i just had down was exactly what you said about the feels so many feels mm-hmm. and the last episode in particular was just felt like payoff which doesn't always come from this season, emotional payoff. I was feeling a lot of different things for a lot of different characters happening. And it felt like I'd always talked about that one thing in season one being the the highlight for me. But yeah. man, the last the last episode was just like just felt all those storylines hitting me really, really well. And I was I'm freaking it was so expertly done. It might not be my it might not be my favorite episode of television ever. If a favorite season of television ever, I think it's my favorite season. But I think it's one of the best seasons, if that makes sense. Yeah, like of if I'm looking that at it sense, yeah. objectively from a TV making storytelling point of view, its ambition, its execution, mm-hmm. everything about it, so much of it worked that I give it huge, 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 huge props. That's cool. my feeling. That's my feelings. Um, should we move into spoilers? Yay! Well, let's do our final score and ranking first. How would you score season four of The Wire? I'd give it a five. Yeah, me also. (laughs) Which I don't think is a shock at all. I I don't know. You seemed a little less enthused than I was just because I'm saying it's like one of the best seasons of television No, I I really, really enjoyed what they're doing. I think the thing for The Wire for me is that you say, yeah, it's not your favourite, it's the best, like I, I think, within one of the best, do you think? I think if to look at it 
try and be critical and let like there are seasons of television mm. which I probably emotionally enjoy on a different level because it hits me in a specific way, it tickles my fancy a certain way, or even certain seasons of television which have episodes that are so good to me that I would like stand out moments that are a little bit mm-hmm. higher yep. than this season hits. It's more of a steady, just well constructed, long form storytelling mm-hmm. that I might find that I might go to watch that season before I watch this one you know it's my that'll be my favorite season of television to watch but but I but I I mean it's I can't say objectively but looking at it more critiquing it a little more yeah further back less Mm -hmm. subjectively if I can I would say it's one of the best yeah yeah so on that I I think it's very 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 good yeah I am currently experiencing the wire fatigue. Yeah. In which I understand, I recognize how good it is, but it will, I don't think it could ever be a favorite of mine. And so, and it is so long and it can be so slow that while I understand it's good and I, for particularly this season, I, there were, I, I think I enjoyed it a lot more than the other seasons because I think I was feeling more. Um, yeah, it's not a favourite and it's not something I am excited to talk about, which is sad, but that's just kind of – I think it's fatigue. How are you feeling about – we've got season five coming up in two weeks. Well, How'd- like you saw me before. I almost had a tantrum <laughs> about it. <laughs> See, personally, I'm yeah. pumped. Yeah. I Like knowing – mainly because seeing what this season did and where we sort of left it, mm. what they're doing towards the end of the season, I was like, man, this feels like the next season's the last season. It feels like – We've got a finale coming up. Mm-hmm. It's building towards an ending. Yeah. And I am really excited for season yeah. five to see what that ending looks I like. I think that's thing, like, once I'm, like, those four or five episodes into a season, I'm there. I'm invested. But it's so hard for me to, like, get that excitement to just start watching it. And I oh, don't know why that is. But I've wanted I've... all week to watch season five. Well, I mean, you could have. No, I didn't. I didn't. No, I didn't want to. I don't want to inform this oh, too much saying, before yeah, we record enough, it. Fair enough. But yeah, no, like it's it like it is a five. Yeah, it is a five. And when I was watching it, I was enjoying myself. But it's not the kind of show that I want to have that kind of fan girly conversation about. You know what? I, yeah, I don't no, know. No, I totally get that. Yeah. It's like I would favorite seasons of mine would be one of, or if not all of the seasons of Avatar. Right, like which I feel like I can fan boy over quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Like I love those things to death. Do you have an example of like a favorite season of television off the top of your head? Oh, no, it's more just shows that shows in general that yeah. you find. Yeah, if we were talking about The Office, like The American Office, the whole time I would just be jizzing or everywhere. Or Buffy. Yeah. Or you know, when we were talking about The Good Place, I was so excited to talk about that. Yeah. Um, because I, I, yeah, I felt like I'd so many avenues to explore and I was excited by the concept. And I think also because so many of the themes throughout The Wire are similar from season to season, which is great. I also feel like sometimes like, well, I've already spoken about that aspect of it. I've already spoken about that aspect of it. Sure. Season four, which is great. I'm glad we do in schools because that that awesome and helps. But yeah, a lot of the things I'm like, well, I've already kind of spoken about that. Right. Okay, interesting. Have I just gone on a weird tangent? But that, I don't know. No, 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 that's no. no I think that's I how think, I'm feeling, man. No, I, I understand what you're saying. 
Yeah, I don't know. But there's there's more to just talked about than the themes. Like the theme is there's so there are lots of themes that are going on all the time about. They've been there since the day yeah, one. Yeah, I know, I know. There's there's always character stuff to talk about and just the narrative in terms of the storylines themselves and Yeah, and I, I agree with you. It's just like it's, you know, when you're in that funky headspace mm. about something and I think that's just where I'm at. All right. Fair all right what, what what's what what are you what's your rating in Oh mine's a five. And uh, give me some What's your ranking though? Is that that's number that's one? That's number you? one. Yeah. yeah, it goes it goes four three two no four three one two. Yeah, but it'd be weird if yeah it was be weird. <laughs> no sorry I take that back it was four one three two I had a I did believe that the the first season because of there was a certain emotional peak it hit mm, that I didn't find that yeah. either season one or th- two or three hit mm-hmm. um, even though I really liked three a lot. Um, there was just it, it just took a while too long to get going for me that season. Mm-hmm. Whereas season one, its build up was just more consistent and mm-hmm. strong. I thought, and maybe because it was fresh, it was new at the time too. It was all, but it, there's a lot of reasons for that. This to me was the was like if I was gonna like, what's the season that defines the why? This so far for me is it. It's the one. Yeah, it's the one. If I it's got, it's had to choose. Right. One season for someone to watch of The Wire, I would tell them to watch this season. Do you, do you think that would work if they hadn't seen no, the previous season? No, seasons? wouldn't. I'm saying the gun was pointed to my head. They're like, which What's season the- of The Wire? I'd be like, ah, oh, season four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Totally. Should our listeners go watch this season or don't worry about it and just keep listening? No, of course you should watch yeah, it. Please go watch it. Go right now. Go. Yeah. Get out of here. Go. Get. Get. Get going. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Uh, all right, let's talk spoilers. You're now entering the spoiler zone. On this episode, we will be discussing everything that happens in season one, two, three, and four of The Wire. Before listening any further, we recommend watching all of The Wire up to this point. If you've not yet done so, proceed with caution. There are spoilers ahead. You have been warned. Kids, I'm going to tell you an incredible story. Story time with Damask. This year on The Wire, we follow Jack Black as he tries to teach a group of hoity-toity rich kids how to play instruments. Nope, that's School of Rock. In season four of The Wire, we meet four boys, Michael, Naaman, Randy and Dookie, each one on their own journey into adulthood, whether they're ready or not. The bare bones of the MCU are still on the wiretaps, trying to figure out how to bring down the latest drug lord, Marlowe. They know he's taken over, but they have no idea how he's managed it without killing a whole bunch of people. Joke's on them, though, because Marlowe's hitman duo of Charlie Brown and Snoopy, no, I mean Chris and Snoop, have been killing people and leaving them to rot in vacant houses. 
Eventually, the unit is gutted from the inside, and Freeman and Greggs take the opportunity to jump ship and head to homicide. Karketi, because that's how you say his name, apparently, is running for mayor. He doesn't seem likely to win, but this storyline would be a bit of a waste if he didn't, so I'll just say that he is victorious and come back to him and his stupid little mouth later. As the four boys start the new school year, they're introduced to a new teacher. That's right, it's everyone's favourite violent cop and murderer, Prez! What a cutie! He goes full Michelle Pfeiffer in Dangerous Minds and tries to not only teach, but mentor the kids towards a better life. But this isn't Dangerous Minds, this is The Wire. So don't hold your breath for an awesome song by Coolio playing in the background as they all graduate. Naimond is pretty happy playing video games, but his mum needs some new diamonds. And so she shoves him onto the corner to sell drugs. Having a mum with high expectations can be tough, Naimond. I feel ya. Poor Dookie is having his clothes sold off for drugs. Michael's trying to raise his little brother. And Randy has been labelled a snitch after he is unwittingly a part of Chris and Snoop killing a dude. Randy tells Herc, who fucks everything up because he's an idiot and the worst cop alive. The lovable Bunny Culver decides security work is bullshit since you can't even arrest men who beat up prostitutes and decides to enter the school system. He's teaming up with some psychology nerd to try and reach out to the tougher kids in school. They put together a little classroom that includes Naimant. They attempt to socialise the kids, and it actually has an effect, even if it is minute. Michael's stepdad comes home, and he is definitely a creep. And although Michael was trying hard to stay out of trouble, he needs the help of Marlo to get rid of his paternal problem. So Chris beats the shit out of him. Jeez, that was an intense scene, wasn't it? Herc, having totally fucked over Carver, Randy and Bunk, decides he's a little bored so he turns his attention to everyone's favourite drug addict. He's being harassed by a guy who keeps trying to burst Bubbles' head open for drugs and money. So Herc promises Bubbles protection if he locates a police camera. And every time Bubbles tries to call, Herc totally ghosts him. It's so rude. And of course, Bubbles gets his ass kicked. Eventually, Bubbles realises that he shouldn't rely on that bald-headed idiot, and he sets the dimwit up. Now Herc is in a world of trouble. It couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. Things get even better for Bubbles when he mistakenly kills his protege, so he attempts suicide. Jeez, what the hell happened to his storyline? Oh, God. So, uh, yeah, Karketi wins, and he starts making big promises to the people of Baltimore and the police departments. He quickly realises that the city is in far worse shape than previously thought. The schools are in a $50 million deficit. In order to lose that amount of money, I can only assume the school board voted to have all the kids dig a giant hole, pour all the money in and then cover it. Right? I mean, how the hell do you have a $50 million deficit? I guess no one at City Hall would have passed Prez's math class. Things are looking pretty good for Dookie. Prez practically gives him a computer, and he definitely gives him food and clean clothes. What could possibly go wrong? Oh right, the broken system elevates him to high school, completely isolating him from his friends and the one adult who looks out for him. So of course, he ends up on the corner slinging. Slinging meth. And who is he employed by? Well, after Michael asks the favour of Marlowe, he is well and truly cemented in the game. He's cruising around town with Chris and Snoop, murdering dudes. I hear you asking, does the adorable Randy get a happy ending? 
To which I say, no, you are an idiot if that is your expectation. Randy, now being completely labelled with the term snitch, has his house burned down. Carver tries desperately to keep him from going to a group home, since, you know, it's kind of his fault that the kid never got the protection he needed. But the system fucks everyone over, because that's this show. And he ends up getting his ass kicked by guys at the group home. God damn it, Randy. Naaman has a bit of a happy ending, though, which made me shit a rainbow of joy after the alternative education program is deemed to be too out of the box for everyone at City Hall, Bonnie gives up in trying to better the world from the inside. Instead, he convinces Weebay and Mama Diamonds to hand over their son so that he can escape the game. So, that's a nice thought to try and hold on to as you cry yourself to sleep after watching this season. Oh, and R.I.P. Bodie, you were too young to die, but you were far too old for the game. The end. Deep Dive. It's cool to know other people think about this stuff too. Awesome. Thank you very much, Damas. That was great. Um, let's get into this now. I'm going to be straight up with you. Ooh. The It's been a week since I've watched any of this. Likewise, so I'm going to try buddy. my best to remember it. <laughs> I found your uh, your story time with the Damas segment very helpful to remind me of some of the things that happened. You're welcome. So I'm going to go through this. Similar to what we did with season three, go through sort of the different sections mm-hmm. of the storyline, the different sort of levels, yep. and we'll talk about the individual characters and storylines as mm-hmm. we go. Um, so let's start with the school, since that's kind of the new Yay. introduced thing and the soul of this season, I would say, mm-hmm. talking about sort of the problems with the youth and why things go wrong so badly. They need to be slinging meth on the street and doing other such crap. Um, But first of all, let's talk about Prez. Tell you what, was not expecting to see him ever again, let alone him Mm. probably having as much screen time as anyone, if not more. Yeah. Like, Prez getting so much screen time was Mm. awesome. I was so happy for him. I think, like, the as the seasons unfold... I think it'll be so much fun once the whole thing is over mm-hmm. and we'll have like that zoomed out view yeah. of it and seeing all the parts come together. Like when Prez last season is gone and like that's such a tragic thing. Yeah. You're like, oh, see ya. That's like Bye, a Prez. big moment for that character, but it's over. And then to see like the what happened stage. in that season allows for him to be in this season yeah. for, for all of that to unfold. It's so clever too because it's, it's just funny how that um – like, it's obviously executed in advance for this reason, and it could feel clunky mm-hmm. to go, oh, next season doing education, let's make sure someone gets fired and decides to become a teacher. Prez but is a teacher now. But it, it works great. Yeah, it, it just sort feel of feels like, oh, this is an opportunity to mm-hmm. talk about this stuff rather than, um, how do you feel about him as a teacher and his sort of storyline? I mean, his basic storyline is just doing the best he can in shit circumstances, <laughs> and that sucks, buddy. Keep trying. Yeah, I mean, I think... I, I liked it. I loved it. I loved every single scene was, of him in the classroom. I was always worried it was going to become, like I said in the story time, you know, Michelle Pfeiffer and Dangerous Minds. Sure. Like, I didn't want him to be too inspiring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was nice for him to have a clear understanding of his own limitations. Being yep. like, there's only so much I can do. This is the system. I'll push back a little bit when I can. But obviously, yep. really, there's not a whole lot I can do. So, I'll yeah, I'll do what I can. I really liked it. Yeah, I did and too. It, it helped... The heart of the show. Big time. Like, remember season one? I can't believe Prez, like, has me feeling so much. Yeah, yeah. I am so connected to him. Definitely. Throughout that, throughout season four, I am so thankful for his presence and so committed to his story. I, I loved it. The thing is, as well, there's a lot of times where the audience is meant to feel 
like the hopelessness of the situation, right? Mm-hmm. But sometimes doesn't feel like the characters in the show do, or they've accepted it so much that it doesn't affect them anymore. So you think about our MCU group in season one, mm. and yeah, they're trying to fight the Barksdale crew and stuff like that, or they're they're kind of helping Bubbles or whatever it might be in that season. Kima's doing that a lot, um, but you don't feel them necessarily struggling with that so much as they're more just struggling with the job. Mm-hmm. Right, not the situation, so yeah. to speak, and even the people who are like in the game, those on the street, yeah, people are dying here and there, but it's and it's that thing of survival. But I know seeing someone outwardly just feel like I'm trying to help. How do I do this? And Ling Presby, that person, he just it was a focal point for yeah. the emotion. It was well, so good. I, I mean, mate, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like this is the first time we have seen a character completely enter a new world. Right? Cause yeah, it's like, probably. I mean, because we've got the cops who have been doing it for however long and they're kind of beaten down by the system. We've got the the, the Barksdale crew and the kids in the game. They're in the same situation. This is just their life. This is where they live. This is how they survive. And then we've got Prez who is seeing the school system mm-hmm. so broken mm-hmm. with fresh eyes. As a cop, he knew the system. That was that was the really interesting thing yeah. is that is that yeah, I think we've seen people who have moved shifted sideways or shifted up and down slightly. Yeah. But no one who has yet completely changed world. Yeah. And been able to yeah, have his perspective from the police mm-hmm. and working so closely with, you know, working on yeah. narcotics and then shift him into yeah. a school he setting. He really felt like an audience surrogate in a lot of ways Definitely. that we don't often get in this show, 100%. which is pretty cool. 100%. Yeah. And it helps as well that having come from the cops and we spent so much time with the cops, mm. we already we understand his perspective so well at that point mm-hmm. that everything that's going on there is great. I also love every time Bubbles walks in and he's just like looks at him like what are you doing here, man? I just love when he's like you undercover. That's cool. I won't say anything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was great. Uh we'll talk about the well, let's talk about the boys then, since they're the the, the other heart. And mm-hmm. I started with the names a little bit. I didn't like. I, I it wasn't until afterwards I started to even catch their names right. half the it time. Was I remember so Dookie hard. and Naaman, Randy, and Michael. Yeah, thank you, yeah. Michael. I I got early because yeah. my Michael for some reason fascinated me early. His sort of leadership role. His he seemed to be the one who was resisting this world a mm-hmm. little bit better than other mm-hmm. ones. He could he sort of protect his little and group. Strong and quiet, very protective leader. of his yeah. brother and stuff mm-hmm. like that. His is a tragic fucking arc. I mean, there's a few in here, but that's a very sad little story, that one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, cause I, I'm not sure if I'm blanking or if just as the season progressed, maybe I was missing things. I can't, I can't remember. It's like, you know, like you said, it's been like a week since we watched it. Yeah. And it's a lot. There's a story a lot going to consume. Yeah. The elements that change him from being so resistant to being involved in the game, yep. that is changed when his stepdad comes home. That's is the that main correct? thing. Yeah. I agree okay. with you that it does. There was a point where I was going, oh, okay, where'd sort of, where's the resistance gone? Mm. Right. Because there was that moment when Marlo tried to offer him money, sort of walks away from it. Yeah. And you've, I, like, We'd never really yet seen anyone res- like resist that world before or push back like that. Everyone seems to accept money mm. and those sorts of things. And so that moment was was a really interesting one for me. And so, yeah, it did seem like it happened quickly. And the thing that the missing piece and maybe the little bit that wasn't beautifully or perfectly executed was he also... Because then he went and started hanging out with Cuddy, mm-hmm. right? And he was doing his bit in the, in the gym and he was sort of... He didn't want to be fighting and then he sort of got a little bit invested in it. And then he went to the um the boxing match and he started being really particular about how about women and then he didn't want Cuddy to drive him home. 
Yeah. And then he just sort of pushed Cuddy out completely yep. of the situation. And then, yes, he was yeah. left in this situation I, where he's like, I did home. really like the subtlety of that story. It is really subtle. In which you see On him reflection, like, I understood he, better. Yeah, he is. Even my notes, I was like, I think he was probably touched. Yeah. Um, is that... We see, like, he does have an interest in fighting. He likes going to the gym. Yeah. But he sees the way that Cuddy is with the single mums. Yep. And one of the staples of predators, they tend to go for single mums who don't have really anyone else to rely on and they can prey on the children. Yeah. And so he's obviously has seen that before. Yeah. Recognises that behaviour even though he's not correct about Cuddy, but that he sees something familiar in that. And he wants to be involved. And so, he, you know, when Cuddy invites him to the boxing match, he asks his friend, he's like, oh, so you're definitely going? He's like, yeah, yeah I'm going. Sweet. Does not want to be alone with Cuddy at all. Yep. Any kind of touching he's incredibly uncomfortable with. Yeah. Which is sad because Cuddy is probably someone that he, he could have gone to definitely. in that situation. But definitely. because of his past experience, he can't. he feels like he can't. And so he goes to... The next strongest person, which is more of an older brother type rather than a father figure, which he's probably more comfortable with. And also I think he just understands what he understands what is wanted from him from Marlo. Yes, right? that's true. Like it's, it's something it's, that he's probably more willing to give. Well, he I don't think he wants to again, but it's like it's he doesn't like the thing with Cuddy is he's suspicious of that mm-hmm. father figure nurturing thing, right? Because yeah. that's been used against him mm-hmm. with his step dad or whatever you want to call the, you know, Bugs never, dad. Yeah, Bugs dad. It's yeah, not yeah. his dad. It's Bugs yeah, dad. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. So this other, this other guy that came, you know, was with his mom and obviously shit went real bad there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you, all these things make way more sense later after the fact. Because in the moment, I'm, I was trying to figure out what was going on with his story and couldn't quite get it. But you're right. It's just, it's triggered especially by that. Mm-hmm. I think he was already like just uncomfortable with Cuddy and then everything goes bad and then yeah, goes to Marlo. He understands what that transaction is going to be. He understands what's going to be wanted of him. He's not trying to be his dad. He's just trying to get a soldier. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so that's where he can step into this really bad place. He's making a terrible choice about where he's going to go with his life. Ends up being essentially a hitman, uh, which is pretty fucked for a kid of what? How old? Whatever. 14, 15. Something like 14, 15. Yeah. yeah. And, um, And yeah, it's... It is very subtle, but works great. And mm. Michael's a really interesting character. For someone who's so, so soft-spoken, he doesn't emote a lot. Um, it, just watching that all unfold, that mm. just the dominoes fall until he ends up where he does, it's really sad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. So, who were the other boys' names? There was also... Naaman, who is Weebae's son. Yeah, which is a really another really interesting mm. version of this. So, Weebae... We get a lot of Weebae in this season, really. We, we sort of check in on him periodically. He's still in prison doing his thing. And he, well, he's going to be there forever. Forever. So, yeah. And then uh, his mum, who has this, A, this feeling that she's living off the what's the word the what's left of the money that was associated mm-hmm. with WeeBay's criminal life yeah and then she was obviously living off WeeBay and not doing anything herself and expects him to do the same thing mm-hmm. um and all this pressure on him to be this you know soldier another kid on the street yeah and then I really really and then there's obviously the stuff going back to then then you got to look at the perspective of stuff with Bunny as well. So the father figure in his life ends up being 
doing this experiment mm. because he's one of the troubled kids. Yeah, yeah. It's it's so interesting because at the beginning of the season, you think that Naaman is going to be the kid who you know becomes the soldier. Yep. He, he gives off a certain air of wanting that lifestyle. Um, you feel like you know his place in all this. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And then and Michael is totally not interested in that exactly. at all. And then as we go in, we see actually in that. I believe the first episode when they throw piss at the like yeah. rival boys, we see Michael who understands how it works, understands this like the price that has to be paid or whatever, and he takes the beating. Yeah, and we see Naaman who could stop and help him isn't willing to, and he just runs off because mm. he's not interested in that. He doesn't like violence. He doesn't really want to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. He just likes shiny things, and he likes playing his video games. Yep. And he likes his hair and he's just, he's a kid. Yeah. He really is a kid. Whereas Michael, I think, has experienced a lot more. Yeah. And so he's he's lost a bit of that. But yeah, no, I, I it was a really interesting journey with yeah. Raymond. Seeing him, you know, being that one in class who, because of the way his mum and dad what they value, and so he tries to project what they value, which is yeah. like this tough kid who doesn't have any regard for authority, just repeatedly tells Bunny to go fuck himself, which was pretty funny. Um, he's, he's actually quite tender-hearted mm-hmm. and has the capacity to understand a lot and who also has the capacity to dream beyond his means, mm-hmm. which a lot of these kids don't have simply because they've never really been given the opportunity to do that's, that. This is their world and that's all yeah. they sort of, yeah, got to reference. Um, you know, you if you don't see, you don't believe that you can be it. You know, that, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it was one of the few times, if maybe the only time we get a happy ending mm. is through Naaman, which is such a relief yeah. because I needed that this season because of randy but anyway what what were your thoughts on namand yeah uh no i just i love i loved well namand is also obviously heavily involved in that sort of the special group of kids that are being the social experiments going on with the kids there as well obviously with what with bunny is happening there as well we should talk about bunny i think at this stage is important Mm -hmm. too so bunny has obviously gone from last season being the cop who legalized drugs, essentially. <laughs> and yeah, he's not a cop anymore. And he has the whole moment where he's a security guard. Then finally gets involved, well, pretty early on, gets involved in this social experiment in, in the schools about how they could try and reach these troubled kids. Mm. And that is just always great to watch. And watch that, yeah, probably sometimes a little oversimplified. But I think yeah. they do a really good job of like two steps forward, one step back. Two steps yes. forward, one step back. Showing when it's not working. Showing that not every kid still is probably not going to be reached. Yeah. But, like, you know, Maybe like three or four of them they said were, you know, it was possible for them to sure. continue on in school, yeah. But the even the controversial statement of saying, if we take these kids out of class, other kids are going to thrive because they're not there to be a distraction. Yeah. Which can be... Some people maybe not like the sound of that. They feel like they're, those kids are being abandoned. But the idea that... But they need just a different sort of education and you can't rel- ask one teacher to be that and you yeah. can't ask every other kid that is tr- that's is able to be taught in the traditional sense mm-hmm. to be to put up with that either. So give them a different sort of schooling and approach them differently. And the yeah. approaches they take, some of it doesn't work and some of it really does. And yeah. the idea especially, I love when they start putting things through the perspective of like working corners and like 
getting them to just talk about things through that lens and you realise they... thinking skills through the world that they know. Through the world that they know. Absolutely. That's the thing. Like, if the whole school system is teaching kids and building them up to either simply just graduate high school or to further their education, to go to university and college, those kids are very fucking aware that, one, they're probably not going to graduate from high school if they live long enough to do that. Or two, they're certainly not going to go to college, whether that be money or simply access to those facilities. So they know that's not a possibility for them. Why on earth would they care about an SAT? Why would they care about any kind of test at all? And so just like having an honest conversation about expectations that really can be reached. Mm. It's like, okay, so that path for them is probably unreachable. Mm -hmm. So let's get their simply like critical thinking skills, which you can apply to any part of your life. Fuck, that's an important skill to have. Well, it's one of the things that if you want to take this even further out, zoom way out from Mm. this and even remove too much of the context. Like the context here is obviously that impoverished black community of Baltimore. Mm -hmm. But like there are truths about that just in traditional education in general that it's so specifically set on like just, you know, passing tests and getting a good score that doesn't necessarily teach world skills anyway. I always think it's really interesting that we, you know, once we're adults, we have to apparently know how to do taxes. We have to know (laughs) how to, you know, what insurance means and interest on our our credit cards and all this sort of stuff. I don't know what any of that stuff means. I'm almost 30. Right. And all these things like the idea of getting a bank loan Mm -hmm. or a mortgage. Life skills. Life skills, real life skills, budgeting Mm -hmm. and stuff like that, where instead we're taught trigonometry and, you know, radians and crap like that, which... I've got to tell you, there's only so many people that are ever going to really have to use that in their life. And yeah, mm-hmm. it's important math, but not to the vast majority of the community on a day-to-day yep. basis. And so, even just looking at that, it does feel like education is, yeah, it's just weirdly set to be mm. about trying to get into university. Yeah. And fuck, how many people end up going to university yeah. and not even either either dropping out or changing courses or never using their fucking certificate? It's mm. just... So bizarrely skewed. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I understand it's important to teach kids a vast array of different things so that when they are in that place where they can choose a career path, mm-hmm. they have a wide array of knowledge that they can, they do have choices. Yeah. That's so important. But if a kid clearly does not have any aptitude for trigonometry, mm. To like forcing that on someone whose like brain just doesn't work that way. Yeah, it's it seems so silly and oh. such a waste of everyone's time. And what happens when we're made to do something we don't want to do? We rebel. Yeah, we hate it. We hate it. We push back against mm-hmm. it and it's like, well, I'm not going to go to school at all. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then what are you doing? You're doing nothing. There's no success there. Yeah. Uh, so like, there's so there's but there's so much out of all of this, and it's just a great little like you could do a class just watching an episode of The Wire a week, like 13 week class, just talking about. The themes and the ideas that are presented in each one. It's mm-hmm. so interesting. It's like a fun little textbook. It's Social a great little, is oh, what it is. It totally is. It's really great. Yeah. And then in terms of where it ends up, this storyline where um, Bunny ends up, well, he approaches Weebay mm. and says, you know, what do you sort of want for your son? You know, he's got this opportunity. He can be something bigger than just a soldier. Yeah. Look what's happened to you. And where the, what the potential for his yeah. life is. I love that he like so cool. That he go. isn't just like oh, you know, your kid deserves better than the life that you have. He says your son deserves a life 
sorry, your son deserves a better life than what we had. Yeah, yeah. Like, the game was our life. Yeah. I, we were on two different sides, but that's all we ever knew. Like, we grew up with that stuff. Mm-hmm. Here's an opportunity for him to do something completely different that you and I can't even imagine. Yeah. Oh, I thought that was really good. Oh, that Such was a really smart cool. way to play it as and well. It's crazy to me that Weebay has an arc. Like, <laughs> like we haven't. He's we checked in on him a I couple of times. I thought he was times. just going to keep talking about fish, but apparently not. It's cool to know that his fish were okay, though. Yeah, thank Christ. Thank goodness oh for that. God. But seriously, that, that's the guy. He's the guy from that "What the fuck" meme. It's the, it's the, the the fish joke in season one. Is yeah. and to give him, put him in prison and have him sort of arc a little bit and have a little bit of growth mm. and be able to let his son go. It's it's so hopeful, which this show so rarely is. Yeah. It was very cool. And that last shot, mm. it's great that I love that the season ends where it does. Yeah. And I kind of suspect we're not going to see Bunny or name into the next season. Or if they do, they won't be super important. I'd be surprised. I hope, if if they, did, I hope yeah. they don't undo anything they've, no, they've done. No, please don't. Because the, the ending just seems so like a button on it. That yeah. shot and just, I don't know, this sunny street where there's mm. not all the other crap that's going on back yeah. where he comes so from. So middle class neighborhood with no one selling stuff on corners. Yeah. Um, who, so what are the other two kids? We got Randy. So Randy's storyline. Yeah. So Randy's my favorite. So he gets, I love Randy. He is great. He's a little dork kind of, uh, he is not a dork. He kind of is. No, he's smart. I'm not saying, so, I didn't, he's dorks can be smart. No, that's what I'm saying. I don't think he's dorky at all. I think he's like, people like him. People think he's cool. He's kind of a fuck up though. In what way? Well, okay, he's doing he's doing his thing where he's like entrepreneurial he's totally. Stuff, yeah. yeah, right. But he's getting caught constantly for that and having to deal with that. That's not How is he a dork about that though? No, okay, then you've got the he 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 just doesn't fit in this world that's going around him, right? Totally. Whereas he should be free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is the this is the tragedy of his role, I think, in it. Is that mm-hmm. he just he's an innocence. He's such an innocent he in all is, of this. And that smile. I just want to adopt him. And so then you have him, he gets caught up in this the murders that are going on with Marlo and then stitching, just, yes, sorry. I just, sorry, I just remembered. Yeah. How fucking dark is it that he like innocently twice, so the first time he tells a guy to go down to the end of the street or whatever, girl. Yeah. that guy gets murdered. Yep. Second time, he's just asked to like keep watch at school outside of a toilet and yeah. those guys fucking rape a girl. Yeah. Holy shit, that was dark. But yeah. like, also like, kind of was like brushed aside, like whatever, because there are worse things going on in Baltimore. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, oh my have, god, have I girl forgot- was raped at school. Hold on, I might have forgotten something. I think the theory is that she wasn't in the end. I'm, I'm, I could be wrong about this. No, maybe she took I'm- it back, but she was definitely fucking raped. Because the way they suggested it, because they show that little scene where they're making. I think she seemed, she seemed okay with it until people were talking about it, and then she. Oh, is that what happened? I think that's. I think. Correct me if I'm wrong, and I, and I might be. In which case, I mean, if she's uh. raped. She's raped, and that's awful, right? But I felt like that there was that scene, and then the boys say something, and then she uses that to try and get back at them. She turns it into something that wasn't. Oh, I missed that. I totally I missed think, that. Okay. Because that's why she takes it back later. I think. Oh, okay. All right. I okay. could be wrong. Well, but I, I kind of because it seems sounds like, awful, but I kind of hope that's the situation. Well, I hope so too, because it, it otherwise really it's just a be raped. plot device to get. Uh, Randy's storyline going because it's the thing that causes him to confess yeah. about the murder, right? Mm-hmm. So if you just have the rape and then it's just sort of not doesn't mean anything apart because f- it's just a plot device. So I think it. I don't think she was raped. Okay, but isn't it either way? It's just a plot device whether she was actually raped or not. I mean, 
what I mean is, if she's, not, I mean, if she, yeah, that's right, it's true. But there's no character. We don't have to worry about that character anymore. Do you know what I mean? Like emotionally, oh, I see. We can yeah, abandon right. it if nothing. It's okay it to let it go. Feel like a loose thread because I wasn't invested because I know she wasn't raped. Yeah, yeah I guess I that's what I mean, saying. right? Like in, in, yeah. emotionally, it's not just like, a, oh my god, a girl got raped and you're just gonna leave it there. Yeah, right. Versus, oh, she wasn't. It was used as a plot device to get to another thing. But because she wasn't actually harmed, then we okay. have to worry about so much. Okay, that's could that's, be wrong, but I think that's how I, hope that's how what I it is. Yeah, right. saw it happen. Okay, anyway. lovely. Okay, good, 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 good. Point being, <laughs> sorry. Uh, yeah, so he ends up snitching uh, mm-hmm. about the murder, which gets him in deep shit. Mm. Which uh, uh, the worst thing as well is nothing comes of this for ages. No. Like this, this rumor works its way through the police department, gets to Herku, fucks him over, but and sort of people and know about Herc this idea that, that there's it. bodies in the vacants. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people get killed because of people just talking about, you know, looking for people. Mm. Um, but yeah, and then so yeah, he gets uh, put into protective custody. Mm-hmm. Well, he's got cops on yeah, his doorstep, his and this is Carver who's doing this at this stage as yeah. well. Um, yeah, they get fucked over. The house gets burned down. His mum dies. No, no, she doesn't die. Because that's what I was like, oh, my God, she's dead. But it says on the thing that she's in, like, she's critical but stable. Oh, okay. Yeah. But obviously she's not going to be able to look after him. Yeah, right. So, so, group home it is. Oh, my God. When he's like, oh, fuck. When Carver's walking away. Yeah. And he's just, like, yelling at him. I, I was. How great is that moment, though? So good. Just, it's so, it's not oh. overdone at all, right? Mm-mm, and it, it's such an emotional thing to see Carver... So guilt ridden, just wanting to help, but this kid is lost. You know, his world is mm-hmm. changed because of this. Yeah, and how the- many times are you going to offer to help him? Yeah, and how many times does he need to get fucked over? Yeah, exactly. Before right. you actually help him, yeah. And then that, yeah, that scene is fantastic. It's execution. I actually, I had to watch that a couple of times because mm-hmm. it was so well done. And I think on a level above a lot of what we've seen this show do at times. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever seen a, a hit for the fences emotionally like that moment was. And yeah. again, it helps you've got kids on your side helping with this. It really does. And but it kids works. Kids that are amazing They really are all great in Fantastic. this show. There's not a weak link amongst any and of them. And the guy who plays Prop Joe yeah. is he's obviously an actor. He's also an acting teacher. And he coached the kids. Is that right? That cool? Yeah, he's, that cool. I really like that actor of Prop Joe as well. Yeah, he plays a role that's like not super... Involved at times, no. but he's always just wa- so watchable whenever yeah. he's on screen when he's talking. It's just a nice, like, little, a bit of flavor into the yeah. world. You know what I mean? Like, he's just, what's what's the word I'm looking for? The spice, bit of. He just, ri- it makes the the world feel richer somehow. Yes. Like, yeah. Bit, a bit more dynamic, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then ultimately Carver ends up taking him to, he tries everything mm. to like even offers to take the kid himself. Yeah. I'm like, no, that's not how the system works. Sorry. And so takes him to this, what do you call it? A group home. Group home. And you see him put his bag up and. Pretty much kid prison. But basically. you haven't done anything wrong. Yeah. And so that's obviously not going to be a great place for him. He's even he there, knows a snitch. He gets robbed. Yeah. Carver leaves because he can't watch. Carver going crazy in the car, man. Fuck. It was nice to watch someone so express themselves in that way because obviously you, we so often see people frustrated, mm. but to see him actually just like so frustrated and upset and express that, mm. it was nice to see. You know, we were just talking about sort of the difference between Michael and um, Neiman. Right? Neiman. Neiman, thank you, in this and sort of how they 
they you think you know where these characters are going to go and they sort of mm. switch and go in different directions, yeah. right? It's interesting thinking about uh, Herc and Carver and sort of those two knuckleheads mm-hmm. from season one staying together and the direction that Carver's gone, the direction that Herc's gone and Herc who's just fucking shit at everything he, he does. He will not learn. He refuses to learn. Yep. Versus Carver who is definitely improving but man is also feeling the weight of yeah. this of caring <laughs> yeah. of making a difference yeah. as well and just what yeah watching what mm-hmm. these guys have become is really really great stuff yeah i mean i i'm so shocked at how i how much i was invested or enjoyed aspects of Carver's storyline mm. because I hated him. Mm. I hated him and Herc so much. I'm mm-hmm. like, they are so inc- so incompetent. Yeah. And then obviously we see Carver kind of get mentored by someone like Bunny, mm-hmm. who is such a great cop, who's, you know, good police and he cares and he's invested in the betterment of community. That's the important thing. Yeah. Which you see Carver doing so much this season yes. and teaching you see others that he as well. He has learned and, yeah. he is a, and it has made him a great leader. Yeah. It has made him a fantastic police officer. Mm. It was so cool to see that progress. And but it, uh, but it is, I think, really effective to see the flip side of Herc, who has not done that. Yeah. Who simply, he just wants to go around smashing people's skulls open and being like, give me the drugs, you're the bad guy. And also is trying to take shortcuts yeah. to like, um, you know, yeah, taking shortcuts in terms of like, the, his whole thing this season is losing that equipment yeah. and worried about getting taken, you know, by internal affairs or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, finding out about it. But then also trying to be opportunistic with he just wants to like elevate it through the ranks. So mm-hmm. he's about that career and yeah. just getting to a position where he doesn't have to, you know, gets a better pay grade basically, yeah. but has no investment in the job. No. That's <laughs> whatsoever. Like, the consequences of him doing police work simply for career progression. Yeah. And simply simply to make himself feel better is that kids like Randy get lost in the system and get totally fucked over. Yeah. Because he's like, give me the information. Oh, you don't have the information I want. I no longer care about you. Yeah. No matter what you just simply being here might, how it might change your life. Fuck you, Herc. And that's also true of the bubble situation as well. Yeah. Like he Ooh, makes yeah. all these promises to they bubbles. They double down with that. Yeah. Storyline. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. Yeah, it is great. And yeah, what's also in, yeah great is the Herc and the Carver story directly intersect when it comes to Randy as Randy, well. Yeah. And one's going to deal with the fuck up of the other one. Mm-hmm. Mm. I think, yeah, Carver finally realises the weight that Herc is. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and the last boy, Dookie. Dookie. His storyline is kind of more directly with Prezzers than anyone else. Yeah. He He's more just there to be... Um, I don't know. I don't. Yeah. I mean, he's he's got his own life, obviously, but he's the best example of or the the personification of what Prez is trying to do and the hopelessness of that situation. Unfortunately, yes. as much as he can try and help these kids, he's only got them for a year, yeah. and then after that, yeah. you know, what else can he do? Well, that's the thing is that like you can get so invested in trying to better these kids, in trying to teach them, in so that they can progress. Yeah, that is the goal. And that goal sometimes is going to be heartbreaking simply because of attachment or it's going to be heartbreaking because, you know, once they leave you, mm. they, their one solid foundation is gone and the world might swallow them up. I was waiting for 
for Prez to get in trouble for how he was helping Dookie. Mm. Like, I was waiting for that to come back and bite him in the ass. I think it's really sophisticated, the show, too. He never gets caught. No, no, no. one ever says anything. It's just he gets to the end of what he can do yeah. and he has to d- just deal with having to abandon him yeah. <laughs> and seeing, yeah. you know, what happens to him after that. Where he's yeah, on the I think, it's like, so heartbreaking. The other teachers seem to appreciate what he's doing. Yeah. Uh, which is nice, but I think obviously they all understand that it's not going to end how you think it's going to end, buddy. But it's, you know, it's what you're doing is sweet and that's nice. I love the whole thing with the school, right? Mm-hmm. So, I don't know if she's the headmistress or what you call her. She's the vice principal. Vice principal. Sure. She... With that beautiful Baltimore accent. Yeah. yeah love it. She... All the teachers really remind me of teachers from school, mm. from when I was in high school. And that... You you have to admire them for doing the job at all. Yeah. But you also understand that they're just trying to make the be- do the best of what they got. And they understand, you know, what it is to be considered successful as a teacher, what it, they need to do to keep the school running, that they need to get these test scores a certain way. And they, they agree that this sucks, yeah. but having to work that way because it's all they can do. Yeah. The fact they're working there at all, you know. It's, yeah. un- it's, it's, it's I, interesting, I- unlike the police where you... You wonder what their investment is, and often it just seems like they just enjoy beating up on people, mm-hmm. right? And these teachers aren't doing that. They are trying to educate people. They are trying. They you feel like they go into this job for the right reasons. Mm. Otherwise, they wouldn't still be doing it. But they keep having to undermine their own, or the system keeps undermining them. Yeah, it also it. has that interesting element that we had in season one, where the show teaches us about the system of police work. Here, it teaches us how the school system in Baltimore works. Mm-hmm. Like the fact, what is it that like? Proficient means simply means that they're like can be two grades Below. lower, yeah, which is crazy to me. And they have this, they refuse to hold kids back whether they need it or not because yeah. they can't afford to, which is fucking insane. Mm-hmm. They elevate kids who may or may not be ready into high school just to kind of like get rid of them. Mm-hmm. Oh, fuck, it's depressing. Yeah. It's so messed up. It is so, 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 so messed up. Let's talk about but the fascinating. St- fa- fascinating, mm. like really interesting, yeah. and I-, I loved all of it. Um, let's we'll sort of go to the streets and what's happening there. Um, let's go to the we've already talked about Carver. I think we'll just leave that. I think yeah, we're still going to talk about Carver. We kind of mentioned Bubs. What do you think about Bubs this season? He's kind of got a side really storyline. Like it, it's I not that like I dislike it. it, but it's not. It's so detached from everything else that's going on for the most part, with a couple of little interludes here and there. What bothered me was that, okay, so this season is about schools. Yeah, yeah. So, let's give Bubs this young protege Mm -hmm. that he sends to school Mm -hmm. because this season is about schools. That's right, yeah. It it felt contrived. That's what I was talking about in my- That's the contrived one, yeah. You know, spoiler-free review. It was just like, I feel like this show is so much- smarter, more complex than what this is doing that I- yeah, it felt fell flat. It felt like a season where they want to keep this actor around. Mm-hmm. They know that people enjoy the performance. They enjoy the character. They need to give him something to do. Maybe they know what they want to do with him next season, but they just got to keep him yeah. in the show somehow. There was no direct way to put him into the, the school idea of the school thing, except by having this young protege as you're talking about. And then they sort of try and wring out the emotion of it as much as they can by having him with this ongoing problem. He tries to Fix with the because everyone else is failing to help him. He takes things into his own hands. He's going to poison this guy. You see it coming from a mile yeah, away. What's going to happen? I hate it. It's really it's awful when it's so obviously contrived, yeah. Yeah. as you said. And 
he dies because he takes the poison instead, and mm-hmm. then Bubs. I mean, it was it was really heartbreaking to see him turn himself in, want to go to prison. The he hanging himself, himself thing was yeah. fucked. It was really intense. Really intense. Almost yeah. too intense. Like it, felt, it was. It was a little like because I think because of how we got there. Yeah. It felt like gratuitous and like I get what you're trying it. to make me feel, but I don't appreciate how we got here. So I kind of resented a little bit. And the problem is, like, there are there because are. I love Bubs. There are elements of it. What's the name of the homicide detective? The really fat one. Oh, I can't remember. I can't remember his name either. He's been there for four seasons. I do not know his name off the top of my head. He's like the head of homicide, yeah. Basically, yeah. And except for Rawls. Well, Rawls is sort of He's moved over on everyone, now. isn't he? Yeah, I guess so. He was just there all the time in season yeah, one. True. Anyway, that character mm-hmm. gets a moment with Bubs, which is really interesting. Yeah. Where he sort of shows sometimes it doesn't feel like he's got a lot of empathy. Um, and to see him have any at all was yeah. a nice moment for that character. But it's a fucking long way to get to that road. Yeah. Like that's a oh, wide, yeah. wide. Um, and I don't path. feel like we. I. I mean, I don't remember a hint of that empathy at any other time. He's a really interesting character because he he's very self serving, but I don't dislike him necessarily. I don't it's- dislike him because he seems so detached from anything that I am genuinely invested in. Yeah. But to have him have this special moment of with Bubs to be like, I'm going to extend this kindness to you. Yeah. I see you. Hmm. It was like, well, this isn't a guy. I don't care if he sees Bubs. Who is this guy? You know what I mean? Like, I, it was nice for Bubs I, to receive some sort of kindness. Yeah. But I don't really care about that guy. I think, I'm, I'm not emotionally invested in him I or think, his journey. Well, that's the thing. He hasn't had a journey up to yeah, this exactly. point. That's the problem. He's always just been there as a bit of a prop. And He's so, always just reading, like, porn big boobs. Yeah. yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. Um, yeah, Bubs stuff was a little disappointing. Uh, what about uh, Marlo and what's going on with him? I mean, really, he's just... I am so... I don't like Milo. I'm, I don't have any I'm problem so with Milo, but he's no, he's, no, he's no string of bell. No. He's no... He's not even Avon, Avon Barksdale. Barksdale. That's... Yeah. I... I... Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm just disinterested by him. I don't know anything about him. I don't know anything about his crew or what brings them together or how he came to power. I am not intrigued by him in any way i get it he'll just kill you that's not enough for me to be interested in him yeah he's he works as a sort of a scary figure i guess and when you've got is it chris and snoop but it's not even like Like, see i like a bit of fear if it's like will he kill you won't he kill you he's always just going to kill kill you you, so that tension isn't there you know yeah and it's it also i mean it doesn't help when as you said, you don't understand him or his group at all. And yeah. we had so much of that. You go back to season one, everything mm. with Dee and Bodie and... They were like a family and, and you they just grew got, up together. and yeah, yeah. yeah, and you just got an understanding of them as a community. Whereas mm-hmm. you don't understand how Milo fits in the community so much. There's that little stuff with him and 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 uh, Michael, for instance, and those sorts of things. But it's just it's just a little more obtuse... And it's like you're trying to step into the shoes of the former people who are in these roles yeah. and it doesn't reach that level. And so he works more as a narrative thing. Certainly as a character, I don't have anything for him as yeah. a character. I don't mind his influence. I don't mind his position in the world. But, yeah, I don't care about Marlo. But I don't think the show is asking me to care that much either. So I'm not that worried about it. No, it's just that, you know, when we've got all this stuff happening with him and Prop Joe and I was like, I don't really fucking care about this yeah. at all. Because, well, I'm kind of interested in Prop Joe and I enjoy watching him on screen. This dynamic is not interesting to me. Who has power on the streets isn't that interesting to me anymore. Because I don't 
care what that power means to those people. Like whatever goal they're after, which we spend a bit of time invested in. Yeah. I don't care about it. Well, the people that we were most invested in with that stuff are gone, right? It was Avon and Stringer Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. they're not part of the show anymore. So, I think my theory is that the reason that we're getting any of that stuff at all is to set up for next season. Oh, I'm sure about that. going to be, I want to, is prediction. Mm. I'll get into predictions about why they're doing that, but it's it's more about keeping similar to what they did in season two with Stringer Bell and yeah. Avon, keeping the drug, the on the streets storyline going mm-hmm. a little bit. So yeah. we've got something to do in next season. Yeah, I understand why they're doing it. I'm saying this season, yeah, I, I was like, oh, get off my screen. I mean, Show me the boys. Please. I, I literally had no notes next to my. Life. <laughs> I wrote the character because he's he's a name dropped all the time. Yeah, he is important figure, but he doesn't mean anything to me. Yeah. Uh, what about Omar this season? He actually gets a, a lot of screen time, but I also didn't feel like I got a lot out of Omar <laughs> this season. I actually can't remember what happened. Well, this is the thing. It kind of it was like Bubs. Like, oh, it was he like, sold their money and then he sold it back to them or something? Yeah, basically. That's my opinion on it. <laughs> I mean, that was that was pretty much it. Uh, he had some cool lines, as he always does. Mm-hmm. There was the uh, the bit where he walks into Prop Joe's store with the clock. He's like, fix this. And Prop mm. Joe's like, what's the problem? And he's like, he pulls the gun out, yeah. ran out of time. Yeah. I was like, I love you. That's a great line. <laughs> I love you. Oh, you know what I did like? Yeah. Is when, so Omar's been arrested. He's in prison. He's Oh, there's that fucked. bit too. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. And then Bunk gets him out and they're walking out of the prison and Bunk just stops him and he's like, you will not kill anyone else. Yeah. I love that conversation. And I loved that that meant... Omar's strategy had to change. Mm-hmm. I was excited by that. Whether the actual then what happened afterwards was was as exciting as I was hoping, probably not, but just that, that dynamic between him and Bunk. And I was like, oh, damn, this it's, is awesome. It's interesting there is a dynamic between him and Bunk at all because last season there was a little bit between Omar and Bunk when Bunk was looking for that fucking gun that went on forever mm, yeah. and that, that ended up coming back to Omar. And then this season Bunk sort of goes into bat for Omar, which mm-hmm. is... Was an interesting idea. Like, yes, this guy probably deserves to be locked up because he's definitely killed people. But if we take him, then we're t- not taking the actual person yeah, exactly. who did the murder. That was, um, very good. was a really interesting, morally complex place for someone mm-hmm. like Bunk to be, yep. who's not normally that complex. I don't think about these no, things. No, and I love that he then had to kind of reiterate that to those, like to the other police officers around him, being like, yeah. "I get why we want Omar in prison. I get that." Mm. He's right when he says that means the person who did kill this guy. Was it a guy? Was it a- yeah. Uh, no, it was a woman. woman it was the woman sorry. who was delivering the- Oh, that's right. The- oh, yeah. Fuck, that's That that's was so fucked. fucked up. Yeah. Um, yeah, the person who actually did it is free and yeah. that cannot be acceptable to us, which I loved. Yeah. Um, it does feel like it was a storyline that was probably meant to go to McNulty because McNulty and Omar have had mm. an ongoing relationship for a while. Yeah. Um, but I think it works fine with Bunk. I don't think I needed it to be McNulty no. to- at all. Um, so I was happy for it. To, mm. I think that it worked quite well. And I also it's, think it probably worked better with Bunk because I don't think McNulty would have needed Omar to say that to him. I think McNulty would oh, know that. Not. And he would have happily gone to those other cops and been like, fuck your case, I don't give a shit. I'm, Which isn't as complex to me because we know McNulty can be a selfish dickhead. Well, we know, but McNulty is, that's the thing, that he's exactly right. Because McNulty is still involved in this. Because yeah. he's the one, I think he's the one that first hears about and goes, that's not Omar's style mm. and comes around. But he's somehow involved in convincing Bunk this this is wrong. But it ends up being Bunk's storyline. It worked well that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's still like a side story to the real stuff that's yeah. going on this season. I I love his Dreiserbone coat thing that he's got going on. It looks like like a Ned Kelly type. Uh, Omar. Omar. Yeah. I fucking love that outfit. I love a Dreiserbone. I just love. 
I, like it's hard to ever argue when Omar is in the show. Yeah. As much as it doesn't mean as much, like his, his storyline is so peripheral, it feels like to everything else going on. I still enjoy every time he's yeah. on screen. And I'm Such sure he'll have more to do next season when it's not about schools. Well, yeah, I think so. The fact that the last season, the final season, has me feeling a lot of good things about mm-hmm. like who they're choosing to keep around is probably for a good reason. Yep. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, do we have much to, think to say about Bodie? They're just probably sort of putting a full stop on his character. Yeah, which I appreciated. I did too. A lot. Rather um, than just abandon he was like, him. You know, the last last Barksdale. Mm-hmm. The last stand. It was nice. I mean, it wasn't nice to see. You know you know what I mean. It was a nice little full stop. Mm. Did you did you feel his end coming? This the bookends being placed when he starts talking about the chessboard again with McNulty on yeah. the park bench. It's yeah. like it was it was less subtle than I've seen the show being before, that's for sure. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> particularly with everything that had happened with Randy. I was like, oh, I get it. Snitches get stitches. Oh, yeah. you did. Yeah. Snitches get stitches. Um, there was actually a few little callbacks this season that I enjoyed as well. I liked Bubs was doing his red hat trick again. Mm-hmm. I think it was Herc doing that again, was it? Was Herc doing... Who was the one that was getting him to do the red hat oh, trick? Oh, that was Herc. It yeah. was Herc. I was like, Herc, he only knows one trick. He got taught this thing... Three seasons back, he's going to use it again because why? No, it was, it was Bob's idea. Okay, sure. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm sure it was. Oh, I mean, sorry, it was Bob's idea. You're right. Yeah. When they did it initially in season one, do you mean or this? You season? know, Bob's. It was his idea. Again. No, I agree. But Herc learnt this trick three seasons ago, and because Herc doesn't grow, he's not a good cop. Oh yeah, right. He goes back to the only thing he's ever been taught to do. Basically, yeah. so I like, got oh, this one informant who I can get to find this information for me. Oh, I see. Going to Bob's was his idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I mean. Yeah. Um, and they did a few like reflections and parallels in this season. The writing style there was a bit where they were talking about uh, Marlo was trying to give the kids money, and this is the one Michael said no. And mm. someone says, and I can't remember which kid it was, that I'll take any money from any N word yeah. uh, who's giving Clay it away. Davis and then Clay thing. Davis yeah. said the same episode, yeah. and it was different as a different style. The show doesn't often do that sort of poetic symmetry stuff, mm. but I really appreciate that they were able to sort of tie in these different ends of the spectrum socially into this thing as well through some of the dialogue. I thought it was really interesting that, you know, people's motivations are the same. Yeah. You know, they're just a different different worlds. Doesn't mean they don't yep. want the same thing. Surviving until you can get on top. Yep. Last one before we get to the police, uh Cuddy his storyline. We talked a little bit about his involvement mm-hmm. in Michael's storyline in particular. Mm-hmm. Got to tell you, when he was sleeping around with the mums and people getting upset, I was like, why are we doing this? I have no idea what we're doing. Yeah. Later on, that is given some context and makes sense, but yeah. it's a nothing event for for Cuddy. I don't know what that's meant to be about. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we spend a lot of time... I mean, not a lot, but I, f- I don't care about Cuddy. It's a shame. I feel like I should. I feel like I could. They I just don't like give I me anything to well, do. But he doesn't... He's a plot device. He's just yeah. he's just a bit of noise that's happening. I don't know. I don't care. He's a place. He's a, uh, yeah. He's in a he's an interesting position being that father figure mm. that's not that's at the same level as the drug scene, but not of the drug world anymore. Mm. Um, he's not a teacher. He's someone else. I suppose yeah. he's close to a teacher though. Um, and he's certainly not you know a bunny who comes from on high and comes down to help these kids. Yeah. He's in amongst it. But he, as a character, I don't know. Yeah. He just sort of works as an in-between. And I, I just I got nothing found to say, it though. simplistic, the whole, I'm fucking all of their mums. Yeah. I don't realise that that might, you know, be insulting to them or hurt them until that kid doesn't come back and I see him, like, running away from me on the street. I was like, 
No, I feel like as a person who has a mother, <laughs> I feel like you would understand that that would bother you that your coach is fucking her and then leaves. Yeah. But anyway, um, let's talk into the stuff that's the sort of the 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 stuff that's been sidelined from the last season. Again, this is an off season for the police in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Early on, the MCU gets disbanded, and we send. Um, uh, what's his name? Freeman, Freeman and Greg's. Greg's to homicide. Yep. Guess that's a cool place for them to be. They don't do shit. No, they don't. <laughs> they sort of just. I there. mean, Greg's learns to have soft eyes, and Freeman <laughs> has some great time to work on his tiny furniture. <laughs> that's basically <laughs> it. And it, and he discovers the bodies. And that's well, pretty sweet. Well, right at the end of the season, yeah. though. So yeah. this is again. They sort of just shelved. For a season, mm-hmm. and I love that you know we spent a little bit of time with Greg's here and there. We spent a little bit of time yeah, with. Freeman I love that here we can there. do that. It's nice, isn't it? And I don't feel cheated by that. Well, I didn't this season because yeah. the thing that oh, I said this in my initial review, the spoiler-free part, that season two I didn't like what it was replaced with. Yes, right? that's the thing. Whereas yeah. this time I loved what it was replaced with. Mm-hmm. This I love the show. I don't know what it felt about season two. Maybe we are the only ones who felt this way that season two was the weakest season, but. Um, that we're still brave enough to do that. Chell mm-hmm. those characters for a bit, tell a different story, mm-hmm. set up for the next season, the finale in this case, yeah. um, and, and and do that. And I and then when yeah. Freeman's on the case and he figures out that the bodies are in the vacants and you can just, I man, I was getting I so fucking excited. Yeah, <laughs> so excited. I was just sitting here going, I can't wait. The MCU's yeah. going to get back together. It's going to happen one more time and I cannot wait for the Avengers. Infinity War! It's, it's yeah. totally it. It's Avengers part three, right? It's exactly yeah. what's happening. I want, can't wait for them to come back. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I mean that's all I can say about it. they didn't they didn't grow at all. That was just. Oh, we had a conclusion to Greg's and the baby thing. We did. Yeah, that uh, was actually really good. Yeah. It was. Yeah. I was happy for Greg's ex. Yeah, me too. I was like, good. Yeah, if you find someone who's yeah. worthy, definitely yeah, good. Um, what else we got? Herc. Do we, is there anything else we want to talk about? No, with fuck him. We've already said it. What do you think about the bit at the start of the security guard stuff when he finds the mayor getting a gobby from his secretary? Did I need to see that dick? No, I didn't. <laughs> that was so bad. It was another example of that thing from season two. The, <laughs> the, fake the really dick. fake dick. Yeah. Um, uh, it's just like a sausage, like a couple of hot dogs wrapped together. It was really nothing. <laughs> it was so weird. <laughs> mm, God, why does that dick have three heads? Oh, just a few sausages. Um... <laughs> I mean, I get that it, it got him elevated, I guess. I mean, it's a good plot device. Whatever. I don't care. I really don't care about that stuff. It was another one of those examples, and it felt a lot of this felt like it was, oh, the adventures of Herc, you know, the guy that fucked up the, yeah. was it, what they call it, Furry Dunlop? Like the, sorry, Dunlop. the oh, tennis the, ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all right. those sorts of things. But where the hijinks of her, the hijinks of her, and I was kind of just enjoying that for what I could for a while. Mm -hmm. And then it turns into a much better storyline when you pass the ball on to Carver from that. Um, Herc's a shit, and I hate her. Where'd he end up? Is he he done? Well, we see him on trial, but I don't think we know what happened to him. Very interested to see what happens to him next season. I wonder if he gets kicked off the force. I hope so too, but I kind of wonder if he'll end up somehow back at the MCU. I hope not. It could be. It, I mean, he doesn't deserve it, but it could be interesting. Yeah. Well, yeah. The thing is, like, they definitely like, would have taken away his stripes. Yes, which is like the one thing that he covets. Yep. Those fucking stripes. So maybe if he gets. Is there a tiny bit taken, of redemption there for Herc? Is there something he can do? I don't know. Maybe he can adopt Randy and fix his life because that's what he needs. It's mm, interesting idea. Um, Daniels is the only other character that's really worth talking. Oh no, Daniels. I've got one more after this. Um, there's a couple of really nice. 
Daniels and Rhonda moments. I loved those moments. <laughs> I was like, I want to watch this sitcom. Yeah, totally. They're having a great time. <laughs> yeah. I love their relationship. It's relationship goals. They're supporting each other. Yeah. They're having giggles, eating delicious food, drinking fabulous wine. It was a great time. <laughs> great time. There was a really early scene of them in the bed where... Um, well, uh, where they were talking about Freeman, and they were talking mm. about his like, like when she realized how he'd like played the the game, and she called him out on it, and he just like, do you like do that thing where he looks over your glasses, and she's like, she's so distressed <laughs> by, it. and he Daniel's just laughing yeah. his ass off. I loved that moment. Yeah, th- I, I I find them really cute. They are great, aren't yeah. they? They're great together. Yeah. So good, it kind of makes me worried. I don't know if this is a show that goes to those sorts of places dramatically. Well, there are times when they were like having conversations and they seemed so positive and optimistic. That's I was the like, bit that's wrong, please right? stop. <laughs> please stop doing that. Everyone is going to die. So, someone will hear you. Temper your happiness. <laughs> that's what all of us do in the real world. Don't let the universe know. Yeah, yeah exactly. no, I was worried. I was worried. I'm a little bit worried yeah. in that sense. Only only from like the dramatic irony point of view of mm. it. Like, I like I don't, narratively, I can't see it happening, yeah. but story. Understanding these, I'm just waiting for one of them, their career to fucking blow up in their face, and the other one resents them, and then they break up. That's the thing that that's, that's another prediction thing I've got coming up. Okay. Actually, the only other police officer that's worth talking about is McNulty, uh, mm-hmm. who, yeah, was we already said, gets sidelined. Bless him, living his life. Yeah, got living his life with Beady, mm. Beady blonde. Poor oh, man. I love that blonde hair. Well, that's what, how she looks in the office. Right. And she's so cute. Something about it. I was sort of like, <laughs> knockout. I was so into blonde well beady. Well done, McNulty. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's got a winner there. He really does. The I love I, it, her kids call him McNulty as well. How do you feel about like this McNulty stuff? Because you've obviously been a pretty big critic of his. I do not like Dickwad McNulty. Mm-hmm. Never will. Mm-hmm. I like that he's just like, okay, I have a severe drinking problem. Mm -hmm. I am addicted to the detective life and pursuing something and winning at all costs, which does not result in a happy, healthy life. I'm going to remove myself and try to have a happy, healthy life, which he seems to be doing. He has decided to go back to being a detective. Yeah. Isn't or at least on the MCU or whatever. Yeah. I think he is setting himself up for failure. Yeah. It's I be- do not think it's possible. I think he is going to become fucked yeah. and I don't want to watch it. Do you want to watch it because you don't like it or don't want to watch it because it's going to be sad and tragic? It's going to be sad and tragic and I'm going to feel awful for Beatty. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck That's McNulty. I think he's incredibly selfish. And I think when he behaves badly... Ugh, like I never feel sorry for him in those moments. I'm just yeah. like, you're a piece of shit. I'm did, just, I'm gonna feel bad for Beatty, and I don't want to do that because I love Holly. Did you? Lo- um, so there was another character this season who, like season th- two or three, died during production, and they end up having mm, a funeral for yeah. him as well. And there was a shot that they repeated, which I loved, of Bunk outside oh, yeah, going out vomiting, vomiting yeah. which in the f- which happened in the first time round. Only McNulty was there too, and they were mm. both off their fucking faces. Yeah. And this time. It was just Bunk by himself. Yeah. I really loved that shot. Yeah. I loved that, uh, the poet poetry of that and seeing McNulty not there and feeling happy for him and feeling really bad for Bunk, that Bunk is still sort of trapped in, a, in the same place as he was, bef- as he's always been. He's not as bad as McNulty's ever been. No. I don't think. He's not, well, he's not as, 
Uh, I think I, I think like Bunker's He's not a as tragic professionally character. destructive. Yeah, that's as maybe McNulty it. is. Yeah, um, professionally destructive. I like that. But yeah, I know there were moments where we see Bunk, Bunk and McNulty together, and obviously Bunk is you know ribbing him and being like, "Oh my god, what have you turned into?" Mm. But it never feels like he is resentful or angry at McNulty's choice to have a better life, which I liked. There was a bit where him and Freeman were at the <laughs> bar and yep. Freeman's like talking about the case yeah. and Bunk's just trying to talk about women and then the, the two girls go by and he's just, McNulty! <laughs> that was very good. <laughs> McNulty! That was really funny. Yeah. Was, was it Jimmy? Whatever it was, yeah. yeah. It was so funny. Uh, yeah, I'm interested to see what McNulty does next season. Mm. Um, I'm actually kind of excited to have him back because I think that could be interesting or devastating or all good things maybe. I just know it's going to depress me, and I'm, I don't think I'm ready. Let's finish up with some talking some politics. Kaketi. Kaketi. Um, I really enjoyed the whole election stuff. It was fun to watch that all play out, mm-hmm. the sort of ongoing um, back and forth with the mayor and their strategies to try and slander him with the, the photoshopped image. <laughs> I was so fucked up. Two days before the thing. Or um, watching all of the things that are developing on the cri- in the crime world start to affect the election as well. Mm. And I just thought it was really propulsive to spend half a season, especially that first half of the season, which can often feel like yep. a lot of build-up, mm-hmm. to have something underneath yeah. it going on. I well, was I really helpful. it helped because this season we didn't really have, like we have previously in other seasons, the slow build-up of a case being put together or an investigation being put together. Mm. We didn't have that. Mm-mm. And so instead we had this election, mm-hmm. which I think was more exciting to watch in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, it certainly helped with the pacing. Definitely. And I was intrigued by... I mean, I find... I don't find politics fascinating. I find watching political shows fascinating. Sure, yeah. Because, like, that's a world that I just will never be a part of. Yeah. But what watching, like, the machinations of them... Very cool. Very cool. Um, one of the things we commented on last season with, with Kaketi is that we talked about sort of his character and what he wants and who mm. he is. And you talked about how sometimes it can feel like it's that, or I talked about, I think, the idea of like starting out good and then being corrupted by the system and the game. Yeah. And we talked about sort of how he was already out there getting what he wanted because he was sleeping around and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, you wanted that and I did not want that. Yeah. Well, it's funny because this season they sort of took it to a place where he became mayor and he was resisting that side of his life. Mm. So he had gotten to the place of sort of being the good Samaritan or like the positive figure. The, yeah. And then watching over six or seven episodes that remained, him starting to have to make compromise, compromise yeah. and play the game and As make some said, shifty you deals. Know, another plate of shit, another plate of shit. Yeah. And he's like, all right, just give me more shit that I have to swallow. With yeah. the big plot point being the school budget oh. and like – what he's that was oh it was it was so wonderfully done because we have that build up and he just wants to be mayor so badly and while obviously he is you know quite egotistical and narcissistic and he is doing it because he wants he wants to be mayor because it's a powerful position to have obviously but also he does really want to do some good things and so he finally finally he gets elected mayor and it's so triumphant and it's fantastic and he's like all right police departments let's get the good people in the positions they need to be in to make shit happen to better this city let's clean up the streets this is fantastic daniels go on breaks go on yeah oh all that kind of money that you were relying on, now that's going to have to be funneled into 
either schools or we need to get the money from somewhere. Yeah. Oh shit! You have to go beg the Republican governor. Is it? So, yeah. I think yeah. So. Um, for money, which is maybe going to destroy your political career in the future. What are you going to do? And it just becomes more and more complicated, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he becomes more and more diminished by. Mm-hmm. The lack of power he has to make change. Absolutely. Loved it. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. Fascinating stuff to watch it all happen. And so many places this can all go next season because you're watching the changes happen as well with Rawls and the other guy whose name I can't remember, the ex now, the puppet police commissioner at the moment. Uh, Burrell. Burrell, thank you. And sort of their little back and forth and mm. maybe actually kind of trying to work together to keep Daniels out of the game as well. Yeah. And Daniels is just sort of like, yeah, cool. Put me yeah. where you want me, I guess. I'll just, I'm just a little puppy dog I doing my I'll thing. I'll be in charge of everyone. Sure. <laughs> sure, if you yeah. want me to be. He's got no super ambition yeah. and is just trying to do the right thing as well. I think it was kind of kicked out of him at that point. He's like, you know, I yeah. probably reached the ceiling and I didn't even expect to get here. Yeah. Particularly like in the first season, he was pretty much like trying to play that political game and just failing miserably because it, the system was so corrupt. And the thing is him and Rhonda are both like doing the right thing, sort of. And you always think they were about to get like shit on for it. And they and both they of them don't. didn't this time. They're both sitting here going, wait a <gasps> second. What is happening? We're actually getting promoted because of... Yeah. You know, doing I love things. their surprise because I felt the same way. I was like, oh my God, how is this it's happening? It's just a set for failure though. That's the I bit know, that makes me sad. Um, Flew too close to the sun. But yeah, the Karketi stuff and watching him, yeah, as you say, be diminished and just feeling the weight of it and knowing yeah. that that's going to meet, lead to disaster and bad things later on. Who yeah. I can't, there's, there's a councilwoman, I think, the that- Oh, the president of the council. President of the council. She is a fascinating person. I'm interested to know what- their relationship's going to be like next season. Mm. I think that could be a very interesting one as well. Yes. Um, I'm ready for final thoughts. How about you? Yeah, me too. Any last words? Final thoughts. That's why you always leave a note. A couple of side notes. I don't have too many to go over here. Um, I loved the amazing Halo 2 product placement. Um, there's a bit where... Oh, is that what he was playing? Yeah. Right. He was... But how did you not know? It said Halo 2 at the bottom of the screen. I probably wasn't paying that much attention. I just think that's... How, I, I love that. That sort of product placement where it's like, there's no way there would ever be this thing going on. <laughs> it happens in... Um, uh, what's it called? Breaking Bad as well. Um, there's a game that Jesse's playing. He's playing with a oh, light gun. that's right. We he would never play. It, yeah. And then he dies and it says... It's not just a menu. It says... Rage, the game Rage. That's right. You know, Basil have just said pre-order now at the bottom. Yeah. Um, HBO were doing product placement in their own show as well. There was a bit where a guy was watching Deadwood. Oh, that's right. Yeah, in the hospital. And Cuddy was like, I want those channels. <laughs> like, well, you need insurance. Leakin Park got mentioned. Do you, do you remember this? You listen to Serial, right? <coughs> oh, sorry. Whoa. <coughs> Quite the reaction. Um. <coughs> Um, yes, I do. Yeah, right. So this yeah. is so for those. That's where everyone buries their bodies, right? This it blew my mind though. Mm. It was like reality and fiction suddenly like <laughs> combining for me because yeah. I don't know much about Baltimore, right? I yeah. know that they have a like a football team called the Baltimore Ravens, and I know what the wires told me. But I, <laughs> I, the serial is you know it's a real life thing. It's based on real events and it's an investigation into a real murder that happened in the nineties, nineteen ninety nine. And Leakin Park gets brought up a lot because it's mm. where this body of this murdered girl was found. And they talk about in that show, like, if you walk into Leakin Park and go looking for bodies, you're going to find heaps yeah. of them. And so, when The Wire, which came <laughs> out 10 years before Serial did, 
It's like the, this show was made after this actual this murder, but the the reputation that Lincoln Park had then it was like, oh my god, that's that's a real thing. I know about this. <laughs> this isn't. They're not making this up when they say that Lincoln Park is known for being mm. a place that it was just sort of blew my mind for a second. Yeah. I got really. It was like a MCU crossover. Yeah. I got really excited about it. I've been listening to like a lot of murder podcasts recently, or like true crime podcasts. Sure. I feel like every second one, like that's where they find the is, body. is Lincoln yeah. Park really. Yeah. That's hilarious. The Greek. Was back. The, I know. That's some deep cuts, man. We're One going special. way back. Well, I think that's because of next season. But probably. Yes. Mm-hmm. Probably, definitely. And the only other note I had was that B looks great blonde. I've already said that, so I'm just going to leave it there. <laughs> what about you? Um, yeah, a lot of my little side notes there I've already mentioned, which was Greg's baby story was mm-hmm. kind of finished. Uh, the moment between Bunk and Avon, I mm-hmm. love that. The no more bodies from you. Um, and also, if you squint, the mayor... Before mm. Karketi, mm. if you squint, he kind of looks like Ben Carson. Yeah, no, you don't even need to squint that much. I yeah, think there is a definite similarity it was like, there. I saw him in like in the. Maybe if he squinted, he looked more like Ben Carson. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and a bit more grey. Yeah yeah, 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 and you know, losing his luggage. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh my luggage! I love that clip. Anyway. <laughs> uh, least favorite and favorite episodes. What was your least favorite episode of the season, Damask? My least favourite episode was episode three, Homeroom. Mm. Um, and that's because I don't actually have a least favourite episode this season. <laughs> um, but I'm going to choose this one. I hate seeing Bunny held back. That's when he's like a security guard and they're yep. like, no, you can't arrest that creep. Um, and also I was like, why do they need to call two security guards if they're not going to do anything? But anyway, that's fine. Um, oh, and the new major at the MCU was giving me the shit. He, he, um, I didn't, we didn't talk about him because he's not worth talking about. Yeah, he's he up. pissing me fucker. off. I was, when the first guy they had there shows up, the one that they could just sort of yeah. like, you know, shove How's paper in front of. that vacation house going on? Yeah. I lo- Great, great. That's yeah. just great. I love that bit with Freeman as well. That's so no, great. No, that was Greg's. She was like, She does it first and then oh, Freeman does it later. Oh, that's right. Yeah. He comes back later. How's yeah, that? And Herc's like, Who the hell was that guy? Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. yeah. But then the next guy that comes in, Mr. Fuckface. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and you're just like, Oh, the MCU's dead. It yeah. makes me sad. Yeah. What a dick face. Mm-hmm. What's your least favorite? Uh, my least favorite is episode seven, Unto Others. Um, it only just it felt like a bit of a momentum. Slump. What happened in that episode? It Cuddy Cuddy was sleep. It, it's just to choose one basically. Cuddy right. was sleeping around with mm-hmm. the mums, and I was like, "Why are we doing this? This didn't make right. a whole lot of sense to me." And I just yeah, it felt the momentum. So it was right after um they he'd won the election. And so okay. you'd had all this energy, yeah, okay. and then it just sort of felt like the, the energy, bubble burst a little bubble bit. Burst, just a little yeah. bit. It was just for a moment, and it wasn't sustained, and it's only there because I need to choose one. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Me too, brother. I, it's Me too. with very little conviction that I say that. I say that. Yeah. Favorite episode? I'm going to go with episode 12. That's got, that's got his own. Is that right? That, I think so, yeah. That's got his own. We'll say that's it. I'll double check. Um, that's when we learned that. Dookie is being forced out, which is devastating to Prez and to me. <laughs> um, Michael falls further into the game by he alienates Naaman and Cuddy. Like they get into the fight and then like he runs off. I think that's right. Oh, no, I think he just tells pretty much Naaman to get fucked. Mm. Um, and it's finally discovered by the cops that the city's vacant houses are full of bodies. And, mm. of course, there's Randy who loses his home. And the woman that made that home for him, um, he's thrown to the abyss and he's there because the system, aka fucking Herc, decided he was forgettable and my heart broke forever. Good choice. Yeah. What about you? Episode 13, mm-hmm. uh, Final Grades. 
I just I just kept feeling the feels yeah. the whole way through that stuff with Randy, stuff with Michael, stuff with did Bodie get killed that episode? Was it, I think it was the episode before. Um or it might have even been two episodes back. Just ongoing feels though. Yeah. Just it felt the like ripples they, of feels. they mm. did a montage at the end as well that just there was a there was just a there's two things. There was a sense of like feeling all the consequences of this season, the season wrapping up, mm-hmm. but also I was getting fucking pumped for next season, feeling the the inertia or the the build up into next season and mm-hmm. where that's going to go, just momentum moving into ten more episodes that are going to finish off this show and this story. And I was just like, I'm just here, man. I was I've never been more excited, invested, just ready to go with this show. It it's working me in on all levels. Yeah, cool. And that was the episode that was just like I was just like tick this season. This is a five star season of television for me. Uh, do I want to keep watching? Do you want to keep watching? I mean, look, <laughs> if I could have some time, I would take it. But well, you get you get a week off, and then you can do it. Yeah. All right. Yes. Yes. Okay. Cool. I mean, of course, I would. I would finish it. Of course. But I, like I said earlier, I'm feeling a bit of fatigue. But yes, absolutely. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. Obviously, I'm really excited to go into it. <laughs> I'm kind of actually a little bit like I don't want to end as oh, well. That's nice. It's that's just nice it's feeling. so good right now. Yeah. It's like I don't want to get to the end of this. That would be really. Yeah. That's going to be really sad when it's over because I've had a really good time with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, predictions, hopes, concerns. What do you got for me? Um, yeah, like I said earlier, I think McNulty is setting himself up for a big old failure. I don't think he's going to be able to balance his new life with his old at all. Um, I think the Greek will be back. I think Prop Joe will be back. Mm-hmm. And Marlo, that like dynamic will be a thing. I don't think the Greek will appreciate being watched. Um, by Marlo. Mm-hmm. I also, something happened this season with Prop Joe that made me go, hmm, okay. It was that he didn't seem as untouchable as he previously had. Yes. Which tells me he's probably being set up to fail hard, perhaps die. Um, yeah, I think that was, yeah, that was all my predictions. What about you? Um, I predict that McNulty will have a semi happy ending. Mm. I don't think it's going to be Or just all a bad. semi. Just a, there's good. He's always about semi. Yes, he's always slightly ready to go. I reckon Carver might end up fostering. Um, Randy. Randy. Mm. I, reckon, I would love that because oh this idea that he had like three months or whatever it was going to yeah. take right for it to happen. I wonder whether that might actually be where Carver ends up. Mm-hmm. A bit like Bunny, kind of yeah. doing the same thing. Like his mentor. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know. I get a feeling that might happen, I or maybe, hope so. or they might set that up to be the case and then heartbreak. Heartbreak us. Yeah. 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 Um, I think. I, Keddy, we've seen that that's going to corruption is going to happen over time. Yep. Um, I think we're going to find out the dirt on Daniel. So ever since season one, we've known oh, that Daniel. Yeah, this was the thing that. I was trying to talk about earlier. Yeah, yeah. That everything set up so nicely for him, mm. and even I think Burrell and um, Rawls talk about that. You know, he they know what they happened. know yeah. right, and they're the ones who are trying to keep him from continuing to elevate up the ranks. Yeah. So I think it's going to come out. Mm-hmm. And we're going to find out whatever that thing was, that that dark past of Daniel's, um, that's going to be sort of the complicating factor for his career. Yeah. Um, I think Freeman might die. Oh, my God. What is wrong with you? I don't want him to. It's just one of those things where you like a character so much, the most devastating thing they can do is, like, kill someone off. He's just too good. He's too perfect. He's too... No, I refuse to even acknowledge that. Uh, this is uh, there's no evidence of it narratively. It's all just me trying to feel the room. 
and feel like... <laughs> like, how are they going to try and devastate me the most? Yeah, basically. Yeah. And that would be a big one if Freeman... Because it's also one of those things sometimes where, you know, in stories, they have to kill a mentor off so mm-hmm. that other people can grow. Well, Lester Freeman is just a little OP in yeah. this world. And you need... Sometimes you need to shove them off... Mm out of the story to allow other people to step into those roles and grow into them. Yeah. And I wonder whether like Freeman dies and McNulty ends up sort of stepping into his role yeah. or something like that. Have, do you have any, do you know any spoilers for season five? I, I know none. Zero. I know. I do. It's such a shame. Oh, do you? Are they? I've known it for years though. Like, cause it's such a part of pop culture. Oh, yeah. I do not know. I know. So what don't do any research for this season. I wasn't playing to. Yeah. I, I all I know is that like you know how every season has a setting. Mm-hmm. I know what this like the thing that they oh, add to next okay. season I is. I don't know that, but yeah, cool. I know what this, the other sort of perspective they add is. Yeah. But I oh I don't know any spoilers, and I'm really sad for you that you do. I know, me too. I'm, I'm really happy yeah. that I've missed that somehow, and I'm going to have to. I keep forgetting that I know it, and then I from time to time I'm just like, oh, that's right, I do know that. Yeah. Oh, I'm searching my brain, thinking of something, and like for me, I still keep getting surprised by seeing Stringer Bell and Weebay memes on Twitter. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like Omar and stuff show up, and I'm like, I yeah. get that stuff now, <laughs> yeah. and that's like my that's my reference yeah. to the wire. Yeah. Um, I think Omar might die as well. That's the other one I think might die. It just feels like he. Uh, I don't know. He just it's hard to know where he goes. Do you know what I mean? He's got. There's no. Where did he leave this season? He left this season having oh, selling the drugs, selling the drugs. Yeah, yeah, right. and so like, it feels like where I get the feeling they're suggesting that he's going to find a life of semi comfort, but that's not going to work out for him. And even this season, we saw that. I can't even imagine Omar like being comfortable just sitting at home. But he's got all the money in the world he'll ever need, right? Yeah. And so, but that's not what that was never his goal. Well, this is the other thing, right? As you see this season, there's that like happy home life he's almost got, mm. where he's just sort of like doing the domestic thing mm-hmm. and not enough. Coco Pops or whatever yeah. it was, you know, and try like walks down the street just, and like, everyone leans against the like a wall to have a cigarette and they just throw drugs at him. He's like, oh yeah, thanks. That yep. the everyone running away from him, he's walking from with yeah. his nightgown down to buy stuff from the corner store and he walks I love back. That, yeah. All that stuff was fantastic, and I just think it leads to a point where Omar's going to die because it's the only world he knows, and there's no how can there be a future for that person. It's just going to come. That's that's my guess. Um, he just like move to an island somewhere and chill the fuck out. Yeah, that won't. But that is not him. <laughs> of course, it's not going to happen. The that's my dream for him. My big guess, and I wonder if they'll go this far because they've never given this this sort of uh, satisfaction, mm. is that Marlowe getting involved with the co-op is important because it means they can all go down as a conspiracy. Oh yeah. Right. So him and Prop Joe and all of those people working together, well, it's one thing to take out the Barksdale crew, but you're only getting rid of the one West Side crew when you do that. Mm. But the Baltimore works as a conspiracy. Everybody works together. Yeah. So you get one of them, you get them all theoretically, as long mm-hmm. as you know that the, the that the co-op exists. So the co-op's the thing that I think is going to end up being the like big fish yeah, this it. season. Oh yeah, I like that. Um, and finally, I just really hope that Clay Davis gets it somehow. Yeah, me he's too. a slippery he's fuck, and he needs to so go disgusting. down. But I get the feeling he won't, and that might be like if you get the co-op, maybe Clay Davis is the one who slides away still. Yeah, those two I mean? will always get away with it. Yeah, That's yeah. my guess. 
All right. Thank you very, very, very much for listening to this episode of Hunting Seasons. If you'd like to contact us, you can do so via our website, huntingseasonspodcast.com. You can email us at contact at huntingseasonspodcast.com. Tweet us at huntingscast. You can also find myself, Broderick Gordis, on Twitter at bgordis, B-G-O-R-D-E-S. Uh, this last couple of weeks, I did tweet out the uh, the Halo 2 product placement and a few other um, in TV show product placement things I really mm-hmm. enjoyed. What about you, Damask? Um, so you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Maskymoo, M-A-S-K-Y-M-O-O. And on Twitter, I think I was talking about one... Oh, that's right. I finished Kimmy Schmidt, so I'm totally up to date with that. I, f- I loved it. I loved it so much. I, I feel think- like I watched like halfway through season three and then whatever, things got in the way and I just didn't finish it. Yep. And then I finished it just this past week and, oh God, it gave me the giggles. It's just so beautifully... Like child, like childish, I Joy, guess. Joyous? joyous, yeah. It's just, it's so much fun to watch, and it's not heavy, and it was just nice to sit on the couch and have a good old giggle. I think that airiness to it, that fluff mm. of it, is what stopped me from going and watching season two at all. So I got through season okay. one, I actually quite enjoyed it from memory, yeah. but never felt compelled to watch season two. Yeah, right. And now that I'm two or three seasons behind. I'm finding it harder to jump in. If that Fair makes enough. sense, yeah, yeah, totally. That's, that's not a that's not a criticism yeah. of the show at I all. I think I think I felt very similar to that for a lot of my journey through Kimmy Schmidt. But I don't know. There's something. I don't know. It was just such a relief to watch it, and sure. I just had so much fun that I don't. I didn't remember having in season two. Yeah. Um, oh, but, that's good to know. So but, season three was an improvement. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed season three, oh, and great. It, you know, had me laughing out loud a lot. Cool. Yeah. You also, I think, brought up some uh, a request for some ingenuity around tampons as well on Twitter. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. So, this may not be the case in America because you guys have those like little applicators that shove them up your vaginas, which is great. Good on you. I mean, a huge waste of plastic, but that's a whole different issue. Anyway, in Australia, we literally just have the tampons and we shove them up with our own fingers because we're hard convicts. So, <laughs> that's just how we roll. Um, anyway, so those wrappers, you like twist them and you separate it and then you've got a little tampon. But the little plastic wrappers are like staticky and they stick to your fingers. So, you're stuck in the cubicle just trying to like wave it off your fingers. And so, every single female cubicle you go to in Australia is like littered with them on the floor because you can't get them in the fucking bins. <laughs> anyway, so I was just like, someone invent a wrapper for them that isn't static. That was my request. Fair request. A mm. uh, quick thank you to Sean Kirkpatrick, aka at Shawnee Boy Draws, for his logo and design work. Uh, to Sean, uh, to Jordan Calavis for our theme song, and to Lucas Heil of Birthday Loyalty Club for our bumpers. Find links to their work in the show notes. If you enjoy what we're doing here, we'd really appreciate you sharing the podcast with others who you might think would enjoy the show. Um, we also appreciate the positive reviews on iTunes, Google, um, Google Play, I should say Stitcher, or whatever podcast platform you prefer. I'm trying our hardest to get us on Spotify at the moment. We might be there soon, Ooh. but we'll see how we go with that next week we'll be back to discuss end of the fucking world season one a british show oh my god and one that only takes a couple of hours to watch so if you haven't seen it yet i highly recommend just jumping on netflix and watching it i watched like five episodes this morning before work dead set i, I think smashed i think there's eight episodes and they go for like 20 minutes or less yes, sometimes it's amazing it's a really easy watch it's so good and it's a good show I, loved it. I look forward to talking about it next week in the meantime thank you very much for listening we will see you then catch you later bye Earbuds, Melbourne's podcast network. Earbudsnetwork.com. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.